Due to previous commitments recording Jaws 5, Jaws has a gun this time? The OGs are unable to record a disclaimer for this episode. Accepting the responsibility on their behalf, presenting Andrew. Thanks, Roots! While our hosts are currently treading some dangerous waters right now, let me be the first to introduce you all to the third annual Dubby Award Ceremony. Before we get started, a couple of ground rules are in order. The 2017 Dubby Awards may contain language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Also, there's a mild spoiler warning in effect as we will be covering a large number of shows several of which may go into spoiler talk when having a proper discussion for some of these awards. And remember, the views and opinions expressed here tonight are that of the 13 individual members of the Dub Talk podcast, and our opinions of our favorite dubs, performances, and the likes are that of our own and most likely don't reflect your personal opinions. Just because your favorite performance or dub got snubbed does not mean we felt it was bad. We had to narrow these down ourselves and make some really tough calls. And finally, thank you so much for tuning in. New viewers, old viewers alike, thanks so much for sticking with us. 1,300 subs strong, only gonna grow bigger and better. Thank you so much. Here's to another great year. And with that, it's time for us to hit the lights, roll out the red carpet, open the curtains, and begin... The 2017 Dubby Awards Show! Otaku on and enjoy the show! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and otaku of all ages, I welcome you to the third annual Dubby Awards, where tonight the members of the Dub Talk podcast give awards to what they believe to be the highlight of the English dubbing community of the past year. I am one of your hosts for the evening, Stephanie, and with my fellow OG hosts, Spaceman Hardy and Megan joining me. Insert witty comment here. Play Freebird! 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 <laughs> I'm trying to make this legit, and all of a sudden, oh, Freebird! I'm, I'm sorry. The the W award goes to Moonlight. <laughs> oh no! Ah, who are we kidding? We all know Yuri on Ice is going to sweep all the awards this year. 2017 has been a hell of a year for those in the anime. Correction: community. 2017 has been hell. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm trying to be sentimental. Damn it! Um. We have seen it all, from Dragon Mains to Tourism Revival, and even fought in a battle royale. It's Laughing... (laughs) Shut up! Laughing and crying along the way together. But mostly crying. But... Megan? I'm gonna punch you. (laughs) At least Hardy's behaving right now. One Punch Man came out in 2016 in English. Too bad, Lilac, you're not eligible for that award. (laughs) Moving on. But there may be a dragon cry. God damn it. <laughs> I'm going home. Yeah. I'm going to the bed. Dubbies are canceled. Thanks a lot. I'm running up five hours of sleep. Stop it. Well, I guess I'll just bring up the backup team. Okay, no clue. Uh, no. Andrew, uh, no. Sneeves, are you ready? Sneeves, no. I gave you enough alcohol to go full Pesci, so let it rip. <laughs> no. Never again. No, no, no. no Never no, again. No. No. All right. Uh, all right. But 
As the year is finally finishing its cycle, it's time to look back and gush about its highlights. All 13 hosts will be giving awards to series and performances in 15 various categories, and we will also be giving away four special awards as well. Three are our first ever Viewer's Choice Awards, which you, the viewers, got to vote for. The fourth is an award from the OG host, but we're gonna keep it a secret just a little bit longer. Aw, you guys shouldn't have gotten me this golden dildo. <laughs> Megan! God damn! It's unsnipped and everything. <laughs> okay, now you're misbehaving. I don't like it right now. That $20 and that copy of Hentai Heaven will be in the mail. <laughs> also a gift card to Applebee's. Because <laughs> yeah. hey, everybody's got to eat good in the new. Everybody's got to eat in good the in the neighborhood. neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was the local hookers' motto too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already dying. This is fantastic. All right, now that she's dead, I can assume my true role as leader of the no. Dub Talk podcast. Is no. 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 Ah, oh, damn it! My yeah. anime Megan's quest was going to be so great. No. It's gonna revive the Dub Talk Tourism Board. Megan! Stop it! Sorry, I Mom. need to get to the intro. We're gonna be all here all night and not even get to the awards, damn it. Well, Jesus. I mean it's just like the Oscars anyways. You're you're not wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, but at least at the Oscars I can uh, uh, well, we could either be the Oscars, which are boring, or we could be the Golden Globes where everybody in the audience gets shit faced. Which do you rather you're not us getting be? I mean, unfortunately, nobody's getting shit-faced, so we can't yeah, do thanks, that. Yeah, thanks, Sneebs. <laughs> Don't call him out. Stop it's it. It's his fucking fault. It's always Sneebs' uh, fault. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. If this is the first time you're listening to the W Awards. I'm sorry. Or are a, <laughs> or are a returning listener. I'm also sorry. <laughs> All right. Here's a brief rundown of the qualifications for awards this year, because... Compared to the past couple years, there have been some slight changes. So, the dubs have to have had premiered between December 1st, 2016 and December 1st of 2017. The second rule, previous broadcast dubs cannot qualify for awards if home video release was in 2017. Damn it, I can't use Token Rambu for this coming year. Fuck. <laughs> exactly. Uh, broadcasts, if we're defining what we mean by broadcasts, this can include uh, basically all kinds of streaming or broadcast methods. No physical, re no physical release. So that could be things like Funimation Now, Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Toonami. But again, in Toonami's case, they have to have had the broadcast before a physical release. Also, um, movies count. Movies do count if they have been shown in theaters. Yeah. Again, if it was before a physical release, they can count for a broadcast. Can I time in really quick? Because a lot of people are going to ask us this in the comments. Sure. It has to be a physical release in North America. This is why a silent yeah. voice is not on our lists. A silent voice and its dub will qualify when it is legally available in the United States. Thank you. Because a silent voice, I think, is one of the very tricky ones because there is an English dub. However, it premiered in Europe. And it does it hasn't not been have a physical here. U.S. release. For any exactly. of us or any of the other 10 members of the podcast who have even seen the dub of a silent voice, we would have had to go through a technically a legal loop, illegal loophole on iTunes or would yes. have had to drop our own money on the import. 
as well as the technology to go to go through that. Out of fairness for all 13 members of our staff, we did not have this on for that reason. None of us were expecting each other to drop that amount of money or to do something that could personally compromise their technology and their accounts. So, but if Asylum Voice, let's say, were to have a physical release in North America next year, it will qualify for next year's W Awards. As long as it's before December 1st. Mm -hmm. Of course. In that case, and then in that case, if it was December 2018, it qualifies for the following year. Um, And then this is actually one of one of our newer rules for this season, uh, this year. Excuse me. So, in previous years, we've had the rule that sequels, prequels, reboots would not count for awards. This year, we decided to change that. They are going to count for awards. However, a host is not allowed to give an award to a series or actor in the same category multiple years in a row. For example, last year, one of my dubs for the year was My Hero Academia. I cannot give that award two years in a row. But... Someone else, let's say it's Megan, because she didn't give My Hero an award last year. She can put My Hero this year since there is a season two. Now, last year, um, we had too many awards. And too many too drinks. Many... Yeah. No, no, no. Too many awards as in people had so many mm-hmm. awards that I went nuts editing wise. So we decided to just kick ourselves in the ass and... Um, very much limit our choices this year in probably one of the most drastic ways possible. So, the OG hosts are allowed to give out two awards per category this year instead of the five from last year. And meanwhile, the remaining ten hosts, while they got to pick two last year, unfortunately they have the tough task of only picking one per category. Though, to be fair, some of the other hosts did abstain from certain awards. So, I mean, that in all fairness, it is voluntary for them uh, to take part in it. Though, pretty much all, all 13 of us took part in it in some form or fashion. Yay! Um, now, now that that... <laughs> I'm looking at the time right now. Now that that 10-minute long-ass explanation is out of the way, I think it's time we can get started. So... To kick things off, we're going to kind of start off as we always do in the past couple of years. And start off, of course, before we get to the dubbies, we got to go with the flubbies. Except this year is a little bit different. The past couple of years, we've at least had three categories for worse. We're only going to be giving one this year. And that is unfortunately, unfortunately the big kahuna itself. We're going to be, our first award of the night is the worst dub of the year. We figured if we were going to, we wanted to be a more positive show, so we'd rather just dunk on the bad dubs all at once and not draw this out. That being said, uh, I'm going to start us off with this because I'm going to make it pretty short and pretty simple. I'm abstaining from this vote. Um, while there are certain shows that I watched this year, um, example, that I did not like the dubs for. So, for example, an episode that's out, we all know I do not like the dub to Junie Tyson very much. Mm-hmm. It is not a bad dub. It is a dub that I personally don't like. Um, I was also very, very adamant about my dislike for a show called The Dub of Monster Musume because I didn't personally like the show and I had yeah. a lot of issues with it. It's not a bad dub, technically. For that reason, I didn't watch any other shows that I felt had a god-awful garbage dub. 
while people encouraged me to check out what a lot of them are giving an award for, <laughs> I but decided I'm... to step away. Also, B, we all made the one big decision that we weren't allowing Neo Yokio to be an award. Yeah, because if Neo Yokio were, was going to be getting any awards, I would murder everyone. But just to, before we go into Hardy and I's awards as well as some of the other hosts, there are a few other hosts that did also abstain from this award. Gigi has abstained. Andrew has abstained. Um, Amon has abstained. And Lack the Watcher left this one blank, actually. So at least four or five other hosts did abstain from uh, giving a worst dub of the year. It's not because, uh, it's either because A, we didn't see one, B, we we didn't feel that a dub uh, was actually that bad this year, so. Yeah. That being said, moving on. Hardy. Yes. Did you want to go? I do, actually. Uh, I f- I'm going to say this, though. I feel like I have a sneaking suspicion we might have the same one. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, I divided all my choices up between my number one, my gold choice, and my silver choice. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, my gold is my absolute favorite. Uh, silver is the runner-up. Um, this year, or in this, ca- in this, or in this case, ab- gold is the is the worst one you yeah. saw. It's yeah, it's the doo-doo brown and snot green. Um, oh, awards. that's a yeah. oh, that's a terrible description. Right. Anyways, for my runner-up for worst dub of the year, mm-hmm. it's not technically bad. Okay. It's just not good. It felt like everyone was not into it. And I know that directors and actors always try to go in there and do their best efforts. But when you have a show as awful and just truly hated and boring and just awful... <laughs> I think I know where this is going. <laughs> such oh, no. as Handshakers. Yes, I call it! <laughs> it's not no, that the performances were bad... It's just nobody cared. It's it feels, it's it felt lifeless. And you know what? I don't blame them. It, it had a good staff, it had a good crew, but nobody could get into it. And and honestly, I can't even get mad at them because Handshakers just is really that bad. Um, and on that note, before you reveal your gold winner, mm-hmm. uh. Noah Clue actually also gave Handshakers the award for worst dub of the year. Uh, he states that even in spite of the show's low quality, the cast sounded bored and disinterested to the part of incompetent to the point of incompetent. So basically, Ooh. similar reasons to what you're explaining to me. Right. Um, but in comparison, there's a big one for everyone. Yes, in comparison, Handshakers was pure spun gold. Compared to my absolute worst dub of the year, and I have to give it. Everyone else gave it to it. It's obviously yep. the reflection. It's just. Yeah, I also gave it to the reflection as well. See, it's, I, I purposely like when they all told me it was garbage. I was like, yep, I'm not watching this. Yeah, you dodged a bullet. I'll tell you, you that. Dodged a bullet. And oh no, I didn't. I had to watch Seven Mortal Sins this year. Shut your mouth. <laughs> well, you dodged. You're right. Dodged at least one bullet and got hit by the cannonball. So. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. But anyways, yeah, what is we've already said all there is to say about how just how bad the reflection is. It's just it's poorly directed, it's poorly written, it's mm-hmm. poorly it's just poor. And it's a show as hyped up as it was. It had Stan Lee attached to it. It had right. Vic Mignogna as the lead. 
debatable if that's it, a good thing or not. Well, yeah, but... Well, here, here's my way of putting it. If your best actor is the one who actually does anime and is the only person who doesn't have to do lip flaps, you got a problem. Yeah, yeah. It was just, there is no excuse for a dub. Mm-hmm. Watching all these fantastic dubs coming out this yeah. year... There is there no was a lot of strong ones this year. Yeah, and it's there is no there is no excuse honestly. for something this hyped up to have mm-hmm. st- this attachment to stand freakingly. There is no excuse for this to come out like it did. It was just a bad dub all around, and yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much the rest of anyone who's watched it yeah. agrees. Yeah, my take on it as well is um, it it's very very rough. You can tell that a good amount of the actors had pretty much no experience working on an anime dub before and i think and same with the directors and the writers there was a lot of weak areas in it to be fair to it though it did get better by the end however Mm. it was also a little too late at that point yeah so it's unfortunately it's one of those things where it was hyped up to the fullest extent but unfortunately, at the end of the day, it just, the execution of it just, I don't want to say it crashed and burned, but that's honestly the best way to put yeah. it. it um, I think, I think what, I'm, what I mentioned in the video for the episode, for the show, um, right. it, uh, I, what I think I mentioned was that I haven't been this hyped up and disappointed by a product since Dimension W. And right. at the very least, Dimension W had an acceptable, if not very... Yes. bland and safe dub this one I was, was just say, yeah there's another thing that you were hyped up and disappointed for but we're not slandering people tonight right so um as for our other hosts the because pe- again the rest of our cohorts did give the reflection this award as well uh jet gave it g- gave one to the reflection his reasoning it was a tough pick between this and my first girlfriend is a gal but while the dub suffered from its script this was terrible in pretty much every way a dub could be bad. Right. Roots also gave an award to the reflection. Amateur direction and questionable character acting slash Walla ruined what could have been a curiosity. Sneebs also gave his award to the reflection. Along with the rest of this production, solid pedigree, lackluster execution. And then we also have Zenith also gave her award to the reflection. Jamal, Jamal. also gave his award to the reflection it's an example of how not to produce anime and really not how to adapt it dub wise i think if i didn't give it to handshakers then probably the gal dub would be my second choice not because it's a bad dub because of writing yeah and so yeah fight you for that yeah some people will actually fight you on that though yeah legit some of some of some of our other hosts will fight you (laughs) like not gonna lie as we will find out. Um, they will so fight yeah. you like a bunch of dogs fighting over a honey ham bone. Speaking of a ham bone. Hey. Segway. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. So now that, now that we've got the negativity out of the room and out of the way, it's time to get to the good stuff. The, the it's time to ham it up. Yes. So for the second year in a row, we have our golden ham award. This is for performances that are the hammiest of the ham, the campiest of the camp. Oh, how are we going to start this off, ladies uh, and gentlemen? I guess we're going to do me, hearty, you as a thing. 
Yeah, that's I fine. Think that works. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna start with my silver medal, uh, and this is gonna go to a show. <laughs> I can't believe I actually did this. Um, no. This is gonna go to a, a, to to an actress I love for a show that I hate. But goddamn, if I wasn't entertained the entire way through, it's time for that sweet, sweet southern drawl. It is going to, my silver medal goes to Elizabeth Maxwell as Belial from Seven <laughs> Mortal Sins. Ooh. Because okay. Jesus Christ on a cracker. Oh my god. <laughs> like, we have this badly proportioned, bone thong wearing demon pent on revenge against Lucifer with an accent straight out of Gone with the Wind. <laughs> like, there is no not laughing or being entertained. Like, just put a picture of Russell Crowe up on the screen with the Are You Not Entertained face. Because, good Jesus, God Almighty. Like, it was so entertaining. Like, it helped me get through an awful, awful anime. Like, Dave Trosco, I love you to death. You are a good sport. But that show was hot, flaming garbage, shat out of a dog on its way into the ground, oh launched into orbit by a NASA rocket, <laughs> as supervised by the President of the United States. Oh, Lord. But goddamn okay. if I wasn't entertained by Elizabeth Maxwell. However, my number one Golden Ham Award okay. goes to someone who I didn't think I was going to give this award to when I sat there. But when um, I put this together with Roots as my person to bounce off of, because he and I have a very good way of rapport with bouncing off each other. This is the first name that came out of my head. And while I think everyone else will probably think I'm high, um, okay. some, especially you, Steph, um, oh, oh God, what did you do now? <laughs> this Call goes me to out. an actor that, and a character that I have waited a very long time to hear in English. And I was not disappointed. Uh-oh, what'd you do? My Golden Ham Award goes to Greg Cote as Tanaka in Haikyuu. <laughs> <laughs> because I do not not smile when that man's voice comes off on my screen. Oh. Uh. Because You're not wrong. When you wait for a show for three years for a character who likes to hit on a woman and get rejected, rips off his shirt when he's excited, and gets excited when the underclassmen call him Sir Tanaka Sir, <laughs> who at one point runs out of the room, plays his own goddamn girlfriend at one point. Oh my god, I forgot that happened. <laughs> Gee, Tanaka, I can't wait for you to go to your match. Yeah, babe, I know. <laughs> wait. You cannot <laughs> smile when this guy is on screen. Like, even when Tanaka's being kind of serious, you have a grin on your face because he brings the character to life so well. And he's so freaking funny in it, too. Well, I do think there are other better actors in comedic performances this year. Goddamn if Greg Cote didn't entertain me, didn't make my heart smile and ham it the fuck up after my wait of three long years for this dub. Uh, Hardy, all right. my take turn. Take the floor. Alrighty, yes, take it over. Well, for my silver award, it's very interesting when your main protagonist is also the most evil person in the show. Okay. And we've learned that not only is Satan real, 
but she's a little blonde girl with a Lolita complex. Uh, I'm, what I'm trying to come at is Monica Rial is evil. And we have oh, no! Tanya the evil. <laughs> we have L- lowly Nazis. Oh my god. And if she doesn't just she is a horrible, horrible little girl, but she's having the time of her life, and Monica just brings her to life like no one else can. The yeah. time of my life. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Because, I mean, yes, I will admit it was a bit typecast because Monica does get cast in a lot of lowly roles, but she just. She's an awful person and she knows it, and it's just. It's so much fun to watch. I thought you were talking about Victorique from Gosick for a second. No, no. I was I was trying to get my rat my, my, my brain around. I'm like, who the hell are yeah. you talking about? Who the yeah. fuck is Who the fuck is Satan? <laughs> yeah. No. If you for the answer to that question, uh, she used she's a former school idol with pigtails. But anyways, found uh, dead in Miami. Yeah, found dead in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mike Tool. Yeah, but for my gold award, I am actually. When I first heard this actress, I wasn't the biggest fan of her because I've always felt I've had a sort of a love-hate relationship with her because I felt like she doesn't she does too many her line reads are a bit flat on on occasion. Okay. But good lord, does Amber Lee Connors come into her own in Love Tyrant? Holy ah. crap. Ooh. <laughs> That Ooh. that is a Sundari that would make you know scared. I'm just putting that out no. there. <laughs> Which one is she? I haven't seen Love Tyrant. Which one is she? She's Akane, the one with the the um the, the knives. Bo- the knives. Yeah, and Who she's wants to just fuck her brother. Well, no. What color? What color? What color? Red hair. hair. Okay. The red one hair. That, okay. Not yeah, the she's one a redheaded Sundari. Not the one that Andrew was. Nice. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, no, I she, I think she really came into her own, and she made Akane very enjoyable to listen to, and when she's all freaking out and stabbing her boyfriend and chasing uh, Jade Saxton down, it's just a whole lot of fun. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. All right. My two awards for the Golden Ham. My runner-up for the award is one that I added in very recently, and... It's a performance I never thought this human being could pull off. And never in my wildest dreams did I think he could be so dastardly evil and so campy at the same time. My runner-up is Justin Briner as Finnis. Uh, Realize. (laughs) Oh my god, okay. There's a screenshot of him, like... And from the sub, holding his yes. hands, he's like, nobody will love me. I am trash. And I'm like, baby, I'll love you. It's like, we will hug you. It's okay. I love it's you, okay. Baby. You know, it's okay. You can be my trash. You can be my <laughs> trash, like, Finis. Like, because the dub for Code Realize at the time of recording the W Awards, it's not done yet. It will be by the time this goes up. But every second that Justin's on screen, he steals the scene instantly. And it's just a devious, conniving, bombastic performance. It's amazing to me. Ha ha, Cardia, I have the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> but my my primary Golden Ham Award. There's a running theme with this award, I think. Oh. Where last year, 
The reason why this award was created in the first place was because someone played a prince. This year, my Golden Ham Award is going to someone who also played a prince. I know exactly where this is going. You know where this is going. I'm giving my my gold, Golden Ham Award to Mr. Damon Mills as Prince Schwan in Aka 13 Territory Inspection Department. Because <laughs> while compare, because one of the large people who won this award last year was um, Todd Abercorn for Snowy with the Red Hair. While while Damon wasn't as campy and hammy as Todd, it was also a different kind of ham. It was a bit subtle, a bit more subtle. Yet he also had his devious qualities too, because he's also because throughout the show, Prince Schwan is trying to figure out what in the world is this whole coup thing going on, and he goes through really dastardly means to do so. But the way Damon portrays this is this snotty know-it-all prince who know who thinks he's gonna get his way, and it's just absolutely brilliant, and I loved every second of it. Um. As for the other hosts, Noah gave his Golden Ham Award to Keiji Tang as Popo in Anohana, stating this man must have had entirely too much fun in the recording booth, spinning an almost improvised sounding performance full of zaniness and repressed guilt. <laughs> my, my pee made the perfect arc. <laughs> yes. Um, Jet gave his Golden Ham Award to Ray Chase as Father Mogus in Berserk. So Gigi also agreed with me. She put Justin Briner as her award for the Golden Ham. Justin Briner is broken down. His villain was something I never expected, and it is deliciously campy. I'm sad that this performance is the only one in a shoujo trash dub that is actually trashy but am thrilled that he had the balls to play this garbage boy the way he deserves. You are not unloved, Finnis. We will Wait. hug you and... S- and this is me saying this now. We will hug you and snuggle you all day long. <laughs> Fuck Cardia. Go Team Finnis. Go Team Finnis. Um, Andrew gave his Golden Ham Award to Mr. Ian Sinclair for recovery of an MMO junkie. Perhaps cheating a little as my impromptu second best male comedy choice... But by God, this is some of the best comedy I've heard from Sinclair. You can tell he's having a blast the whole time. Uh, Sneebs, he gave his Golden Ham Award to Mr. Chris Neozzi for Mob Psycho 100. What's with these goofy-looking shoulder pads? <laughs> this is a comment he says there. Uh, Zenith, she didn't give a reason specifying her choice. However, she gave her Golden Ham Award to Micah Solasad for the Royal Tutor. Then we have Amon, who also decided to give his award of Golden Ham to Chris Neozzi for Mob Psycho. He will seem like he knows what he's talking about, even if he doesn't know it at all. Jamal. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> Speaking of seven mortal sins. Yep. The only other person on the show besides Bruce who's watching it with me. And Andrew. Jabal decided to give his Golden Ham Award to Miss Brittany Lauda for Seven Mortal Sins. She provides honey-glazed ham to every scene she steals. And as for Lack the Watcher, he gave his award to Doug Erholtz as Jean-Pierre P- I- Polnareff. Polnareff. Thank you. In JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders. And Roots. Roots decided to give his Golden Ham Award to Mr. Christopher Ayers as Frieza 
in Dragon Ball Super. And this is an essay, but it's very much has to be read entirely. In a podcast that pretty heavily favors the new, sometimes the return of an old friend in a surprising new way can be just as great. Frieza, in my opinion, benefited the most from the expansion of Resurrection F into Super, giving him even more scenery to chew and insults to throw. Christopher Ayers took the role in stride, and despite revealing earlier this year a rather dire late-stage COPD diagnosis, was able to deliver the world's best worst boss lines with the same level of gravitas as he always has, even taking the character to heights I didn't realize were possible. I would like to take this opportunity to send my positive vibes in the direction of him, his friends and family, and I wish him the best of luck with his upcoming surgeries and a speedy recovery into 2018 and beyond. I honestly couldn't have worded it better myself. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we, we love you, Christopher Ayers, and we, we do all hope that you have a swift recovery and you come back mm-hmm. again so very soon. Um, on that note... The next awards category. This is a slightly new-ish one. Because uh, we kind of combined two of them. Uh, we took the underrated actor award as well as the biggest surprise performance award and kind of put them together. Uh, so we combined them into the underrated performance award. This is for a performance for an actor that kind of just flew under the radar for everyone. But it was still still really good in our eyes. Um, Megan, would you like to kick us off? Yeah, because you're going to hate me for what I'm about to do for my gold entry. But I'll start oh, with my no. silver. So my, my silver entry is actually for Stephanie Garrett in A Centaur's Life. Okay. She plays the little blonde fawn girl. Um, I always enjoyed listening to her play her character. She always made that character sound slightly sarcastic very kind of on the note. She is the world's worst daughter manager ever, by the way, if you've watched the show, uh, to her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always, I always really had a smile on my face listening to Stephanie Garrett's performance in A Centaur's Life. It was very sweet. I'm really sorry I have to do this tune. You can punch me in the face at Anime Boston. What now? My entire underrated performance goes to the entire cast of Tsukigakure. That is fucking cheating and I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Fight me, bitch! Doesn't count! Does yes, not count! Yes, it does! No, if I have to be oh, a pain in the ass fine. to everybody else, I have to be a pain in the ass to you too. Does not count. You're not fine. Fight me, asshole. <laughs> Fuck you. Me, 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 me. Now, God. now, children. Bite me, Dad. Nobody asked you. Oh, you say that again. I'll take. I will take away your pudding privileges. I'll do it. I will take them straight away. I will turn this car around, Megan. I will turn this episode around. God damn you! (laughs) Fine. If I have to pick somebody from it, I'm gonna have to give it to I think Afia out of anybody. Okay. Suki Gakure. While she was nominated for the best actress performance in our fan vote. I don't think a lot of people really do understand how much she gets done and gets through in her performance in Tsukigakure, especially playing a character who is incredibly insecure and anxious. Performing a character with social anxiety is something that is an art form that is rarely executed in physical acting, let alone voice acting. If you have not watched Tsukigakure, one, you're missing one of the most underrated anime of the years and you're an idiot. Second of all, her performance in it is not to be missed. Well, for technicality's sake, I'm going to say Afia. In truth, it's the entire cast. Fight me. All right. Party. Happy. Yeah. 
All right. Only slightly, but Hardy, yes. what are you, what are you, what are your um, two underrated performance awards going to, or who I should say? Well, for my silver award, it's always we love new talent. But another thing we love is for an old friend who we haven't heard from in a long time to come back and mm -hmm. re and reprise a role that he did untold years ago. Um, Ooh, where are you? I'm wondering where you're going with this. Right. And this is an actor who I've known for, well, I've known his work for a whole long time, ever since mm -hmm. the old ADV days. And wow, I've okay. always had a really high level of respect for him. And he's always just sort of... He's flown under the radar, but he's always been there. And so you have no idea how tickled as punch I was to know that Brett Weaver was going to come back and reprise <gasps> his role as Tora yeah! in Ushio and Tora. And that was just... Uh, the director, John Swayze, got as many of the surviving and um, uh, available. available actors as he could to reprise as many roles as possible. Uh, and Brett was the one I was so adamant and just like, bring back Brett, bring back Brett, because he was the best voice in the old dub, and if he does it, just step right back into it and just nail it out of the park. So yeah, underrated performance, my silver award is for Brett Weaver from Ushio and Tora. Okay, okay. I, again, I remember, because um, when Roots and I, we went to PortCon, and um, we, uh, we got to speak with John Swayze. Uh, and we did an interview with him, and um, he mentioned that one of the big things he really wanted when it came to Ushi and Tora was he really wanted Brett Weaver back as, as um, Tora. Mm -hmm. Like, that was one of the things he was dead set on, and he was thankfully lucky to manage to pull that off, which is great. Right. Um, and how about your gold award, Sarah? Who is your gold award for underrated performance? All uh, right. Let me get safely behind this blast shelter. Oh, no, this is going to get bad, isn't it? You guys aren't going to... It's not for you guys. It's for every, all of our listeners out there. Oh, no. Sometimes do? things don't work out in the world of anime dubbing. Sometimes okay. things have to be changed. Sometimes casts have to be altered. And I feel like I might know where this is going. Yeah. And Possibly. I think yeah. I know where this is going. I'm yeah. not an idiot. And when things have to be altered, for any reason, mm -hmm. feelings are going to possibly be hurt. And oh. people are going to get upset. Yes. However, we should not blame the actors for this. It is not mm -hmm. their choice when recasts happen. Yes. It is the actors' a job regardless of the situation surrounding of, of the events, to always put their best shoot foot forward and make the performance their own. Therefore, for my underrated performance award in a very controversial decision, mm -hmm. I'm giving it the gold award to Mr. K.G. Tang as his role as Guts in Berserk 2016. Oh, boy. Because while it is elsewhere, it's that, jet but. with a silk, it's jet with a steel chair. Yeah, <laughs> because while it is a very controversial decision, and it, while it's not Mark Derison, KG honestly does a great job with his own spin okay. on the popular role. It's okay. Yeah, I, I I cannot fault KG at all of it. I think he does a great job, and 
the, the events surrounding the dub are very controversial, but we shouldn't take that out of it on the actors themselves. And right. so that's why I'm giving it to him. He's able to play the part in his own way and does a really good job. Yeah. That's always one of my big things when it comes to English dubs is... Every, I, I like when actors do their own interpretation of the character. Right. They can still stay in line with what the original spirit of the character is, but if they can throw their own spit on it, that's always great. Um, and it's interesting in KG's case, KG's particular case, because he's done this a few times. Like he's the second mm-hmm. voice of Vegeta in the Dragon Ball Super dub that we don't get. Mm-hmm. He's the new voice of Archer in Fate uh, in the Fate Stay Night. Um, what is it? Uh, the the recent Fate Stay Night anime. He's taken over the the voice for Kenshiro in in uh, Fist of the North Star projects. And so yeah. You know, it's a controversial decision, but I stand by it wholeheartedly. I will probably follow suit with you, but in a different way. But give me a minute. So, my silver award for underrated performance of the year goes to a performance that probably no one has actually seen. Oh, wow. Maybe except for Hardy. Uh, and it's also one of the first times that this individual has actually had a leading role in a show their first like major leading role in an anime dub now while there are problems with the show itself i feel like for me this performance was so much fun he had so much fun with this performance and the fact that it flew under the radar is just so disappointing to me and i feel like it has to be brought to everyone's attention my silver award for underrated performance of the year is going to kyle phillips for the Silver Guardian. Oh, really? Mm. Yes. Huh. I really enjoyed his performance as the lead in Silver Guardian. It was a lot of fun. Like, every time I watched the show, as unfortunately as as badly executed the show itself was, he was one of the highlights for me in the show. And especially with the first time for him being a lead character, it's a lot of fun. But... My my golden award for underrated performance award goes to an individual who also had to take over someone else's role. I know where this is going. You know where this is going. <laughs> I know where this is going. You That's, know where this is going. I now, am smart. Now, to be fair, I would love to give this individual an, this award for three performances. However, I have to pick one. In this case, it's probably the one that is the most the one that gave the biggest impression out of the three while I did love him in Royal Tudor I know where this is going and why I also did love him in the new season of Blood Bowl K Battlefront I have to give Christopher Wakecamp my underrated performance award as he raised her head for My Hero Academia season 2 not only did he step up to the plate when Alex Oregon became unavailable he made the role his own. While it may seem like there were moments where he was basically trying to be a carbon copy of Alex Oregon, I felt like, even though that seemed like the case at points, he, again, he made the role his own. He performed it in a way that was just so entertaining to the point where it might exceed... Alex's performance in this first season. And I know those are strong words. Oh, wow. Yeah. But 
he's he, I loved Chris as this not lackadaisical this aloof mentor figure to these kids and this also tough badass at the same time and um, with season 3 coming up I'm very excited because we haven't seen Chris Waycamp's Eraserhead in a fight yet Ah, I'm excited because I have been reading the manga I'm excited to see where he takes Eraserhead's character in this upcoming season. So okay, I really, um, I really, really, really have to give Chris Waycamp my award here. Of course, our other host did also have awards for the underrated performance of the year. Gonna start with Noah again. He actually gave his award to Sarah Wiedenheft in Handshakers. Um, the, his reasoning, by virtue of the fact that few people kept with this series long enough to hear Sarah, who honestly sounded like the only actor in the cast, giving 110% in the cast. Next, Jet decided to give his underrated performance award to Ray Hurd as Leviathan in Ghost Sick. That kind of, I'm, I'm kind of happy about that one. Um, even though it wasn't exactly the largest role in the show, the power behind his voice was incredible and really solid. A lot of the characters and really sold a lot of the characters' mystique for me. Uh, for Ruth, he gave his award to Jeff Johnson as Shizu from Kino's Journey of the Beautiful World. Gigi, ooh, we're on the Chris train. Gigi gave her award to Chris Wakehamp, but for the Royal Tutor. I was going to put Chris as my voice actor to watch, but I feel like he has proven himself ab above the newbies a lot over the past year. So I feel like people are watching him already. But Bruno, oh Bruno, marry me Bruno. I can't say anything else. <laughs> uh, next, Andrew gave his award to Tia Ballard for New Game. His reasoning? Seriously, Brooklyn Tomboy Otaku Tia Ballard needs more love. It was a god, it was goddamn phenomenal, and I will agree with that as well. <laughs> uh, Sneeves gave his award to Miss Bryn April for interviews with Monster Girls. Damn her Hikari, a bouncy bundle of fun and passion. Next we have Zenith for more Royal Tutor, but this time it's Alejandro Saab. Oh, ooh, this is interesting. Jamal. Jamal gave his underrated performance award to Miss Allison Victorin in My First Girlfriend as a Gal. Playing against her typecast, it is breathtaking and fun to hear Allison play a high school student. And then as for Lack, he gave his award to Mr. Michael McConaughey as Captain Tanell in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusaders. All right, so our next award is another fun one, and it's a classic staple here at Dub Talk. The Voice Acting Black Magic Award. Woohoo! All right. Megan, will you kick us off, please? Yeah, my silver medal goes to someone who, when I watched the actual show, I couldn't believe it was him, and I would have to keep going back and catching... I would I would go and look. I was like, oh, okay, it's this guy. Watch the episode. Who the fuck was that again? Oh, right. Uh, so that goes to Brandon McGinnis as Delacroix in Code Realize. Ooh, okay. Because um, I had no idea who the fuck it was. Um, clearly I'm an idiot, so, uh, you can take that as you will in the comments. Um, but my gold one goes, and I feel like a few of us have this, uh, because anytime this gentleman pops up in something, we have, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> wait a minute, you were just doing a high school, now you're, what the, nah. just insert picture of Charlie Day in front of the, the wall of connecting conspiracies. <laughs> 
Nice. Um, so my my particular pace pick goes to Ray Chase in Fairy Tale Dragon Cry. Oh, that's not where I thought this was going, actually. Because the entire time in the theater, I was kind of like, Hardy was the one sitting next to me. And my face, whenever he was on screen, I'd look at him like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> and none of, us could, we, none of us could figure it out while we were watching the movie and had to look it up later. <laughs> I mean, I do not want to go to Ray Chase's fairy tale character's sex dungeon. <laughs> Oh, okay. I was it's, like, Wait, who did he play? It's right next to it's right next to Hojo's. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Uh, I pro- yeah. But before- that place is nice. Red Thirteen's had an exceptional amount of sex there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Before Hardy you have jumps- no idea how much it upsets me that I'm not allowed to give that award because that thing's a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Final Fantasy VII Machina Bridge is a fucking masterpiece, and if you're not watching it, you're dumb. Before Hardy jumps in, I'm dumb, and I probably should have described what this award is. Um, so the voice acting Black Magic Award basically goes to a performance for a voice actor where it is so mythical and out there that we believe that you might have had to give up your soul to Satan to achieve the performance. Blood sacrifice. Blood sacrifice. Give up your soul. Mm-hmm. Pray to the spired god. Yes. Such previous winners would include Josh Greeley as Femme from Blood Bucket Battlefront. Um, I believe last year Damon Mills won for Yuri on Ice as an example as well. Um, but yeah, I'm an idiot and I forgot to describe what this award is. Um, Hardy, continue, please. Oh, yes. Uh, for my Black Magic Award, my Silver Award goes to John Swayze in one of his roles for Ushio in Tora. It is you say one of his roles? Yes, because he is in that dub all over the place and he's the director. Oh, and, but this particularly is for his role as Hakumen no Mono, because that is a voice that I could not, I cannot expect coming out of John Swayze's. I don't know how they did it, but if it was, if they had to use, if it was tool, if it was tool assisted, if they had to adjust his voice, but it doesn't sound human. And so the fact that he is able to put something out that frightening, that surreal, that weird, is just really impressive. But, and this is cheating a little bit. Oh no, what did you do? Hey, I'm not going to cheat, Mom. (sighs) Yeah. For my gold award, I just want to, I want someone to get a big, tall glass of ice water. And give it to Bryce Papenbrook, because the things he did with his voice on Attack on Titan Season 2, I don't okay. think he has vocal cords left. Okay. Cause there were, I don't know if that's cheating, honestly. Because Yeah, we didn't give him an award either previous years, but some of the grunts and screaming and, sh- and shouts, it's, uh, it literally sounds like he's gargling his own blood at times. Ugh. Or his oh. own balls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's my choice because I did not know that he was capable of, of doing anything like that. So, yeah. Okay. I really hope they didn't feed him french fries this time. <laughs> Jesus. All right. My awards for voice acting Black Magic. I actually had a little bit of a tough time with this until I saw two performances in particular that solidified it. My silver award 
I'm giving this to a voice actress who obviously damn near unrecognizable. And if you told me before I saw this show and before I had knowledge of it, I would tell you you are a liar. Um, my silver award goes to Alex Moore for Suki Gaki Day. Okay. As as um the mom as, uh, as um yeah it's uh as a Steven Sanders mom. Yeah, Azumi. I was thinking of the name. What the frick is this kid's name? Azumi. Azumi's mother. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and I feel like she did something. She did something. I don't know what she did. But. But. Sweet baby Jesus. My gold award for this. I had a raging fit when I talk, when we got to talk about this character in an episode this year. Because I kept calling bullshit the entire time. I still don't believe it, mm. actually. I mean, we know Andrew is a little weasel, but... Well, yeah. No. <laughs> no. That's common knowledge. No. Damn it. But um, my gold award for voice acting Black Magic, I've got to give it to Clint Bickham in Food Wars. I have to. As the uh, chubbier... Um, uh, as the chubby Aldini brother. I could not believe that was him. I refuse to believe that's him. What in the world did you do to achieve that performance, sir? Like, I I have no words. You're speechless. I have no words. I don't believe you right now. Um, I don't believe it. This is bullshit. Huh. Chip, chip, period. Fuck this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As for the other hosts who decided to give their voice acting Black Magic Award too. Noah gave his voice acting Black Magic Award to Leah Clark as Kobayashi and Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. I'm fully convinced that Leah can do anything, and the perfect lovable deadpan in her acting here adds yet another unseen flavor to the never-ending Leah Sunday. Apparently, you're not the only one who liked John Swayze. Mm-hmm. Party. Jet gave his award to John Swayze in Ushio and Tora. Considering Hakumen was played by freaking Megumi Haya. Hayashibara in the Japanese version. John Swayze was the last person I had in mind for this role, but he totally nailed it, and it's easily the most horrifying thing I've ever heard him do. It's scary, yeah. It really is. Uh, ooh, this is a fun one. And we're going back to Attack on Titan Land. Roots gave his voice acting Black Magic Award to Jason Lebrecht as the Beast Titan. For keeping his role in the show hidden until the very last line of the season. And I 100% agree with this. Gigi decided to give her voice acting Black Magic Award to Sunny Straight in Rumpo Keton Game of the Place. The first episode he was introduced, I literally had no idea it was him until his character turned to comedic relief. Sunny is really good at playing dramatic roles. Beats the hell, of an, an ex- beats the hell out of an exposition squirrel. I, I can agree with that. Squirrel. Oh, are- man. <laughs> Andrew. Oh, Andrew. He gave his voice acting Black Magic Award to Robert McCollum in My Hero Academia as Stain. And I feel like I have to yell this because this is in all caps. Holy crap, Rob, you scary well done. <laughs> holy Rob, holy shit, Rob, you scary. Um, Sneeps also actually gave his award to John Swayze and Ushi on Torah, stating, I thought the Japanese couldn't be matched, and yet somehow he does it. I love you, Zenith. She put uh, Clint Bickham for Food Wars. Amon 
we ha I'm su we've gone through all these awards, and we haven't brought this name up yet, and I am surprised by this. Mm. Amon gave his voice acting Black Magic Award to, of course, the Master Wizard himself, Mr. Damon Mills. For ah, there it is. Mm. For <laughs> and for Black Clover. Because I have yet to accurately spot him in a dub without looking at the credits first. Yeah. The man's rage is a bit scary. Yeah, and this is after uh, we got on Amon's case about having to pick one role. Because originally he just yes. said, Damon Mills in pretty much anything was his original nomination. See, here's my thing. I had to do not that wrong. with Ray Chase because I am the same way about Ray Chase. I mean, Amon's not wrong. Let's be real here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then Jamal gave his voice acting Black Magic Award to Jade Saxon in Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. I had to check the press release to remind myself constantly that it's Jade and not Jeremy Lee. That's how much Black Magic went into this performance. Hashtag Year of the Saxton. All right, the next category. I, I have like five documents going here. Ooh, we're going to have some fun now. Oh, what's up? We're going to be going into more performance categories. Mm -hmm. You're right. But, but, we're going to go of the female variety. Ooh, it's a lady. It's a lady. We're doing best female performance in a comedy. Megan, would you please kick us off? Best female in a comedy was really hard for me because I didn't watch a lot of the really big zany comedy shows this year. Um, Not as much as I wanted to. Like, I really wanted to watch a new game before the end of the year and skip mm -hmm. beat, but... I didn't just get the time to because of work. So my runner-up for best female in a comedy, and a lot of people are going to gasp at this for me not giving this person the number one slot. Okay. But that is Jade Saxton in Ms. Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed her as Kana. It was a departure from what I know Jade Saxton as, as Sundere Queen incarnate. Um... I mean, come on, think about it. We all think of her as, like, Mayo Naka and the girl from Neto J, like, those type of roles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So hearing her be, like, sweet, innocent, adorable Kana, like, being, like, Ugu, making Andrew Ugu himself constantly. <laughs> yes. Ravioli, ravioli, do not lose the dragon lully. Um, I was really, really, really happy with her performance. I thought she was probably the strongest out of an entire dub that was good. I wish was a wee bit stronger. But uh, my best female-only comedy, and I feel like this has been a runner for the last two years for me. Okay. Despite me not liking the show, despite me fucking hating it, good comedy is good comedy. God damn it, Brittany Lauda, did you deliver? <laughs> yeah! Envy is... One of Levi, 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 Envy, Whale Bitch, Butt Stuff. <laughs> like, God damn. I, God damn, is it fun. She is the best part of that show. Like, we're talking Seven Mortal Sins, Mortal right? Sins, yes. Okay. We are talking about, no, no, I'm talking about Brittany Lauda as Levi from Attack on Titan. <laughs> I'm just making sure. <laughs> I mean, Levi's probably doing some butt stuff with Irwin anyway. Uh, Erwin's a little less hands-on from what Whoa. he used to be. Megan! <laughs> Shit! You walked right into that. I did, I did. I will admit that, but oh my god. Hey, <laughs> at least I didn't make a Levi X Aaron joke. <laughs> somewhere out there, like, somewhere out there, like, 
just Hanji's like, it's for science, guys. Just keep going. <laughs> oh, shit. But she's not studying Titan. She's studying love. Oh, God. All right. Anyway, but no, Brittany Lauda was, like, fantastic in Seven Mortal Sins. She is this crazy, wacky, fucked up little demon ch- demon woman with tits that look like two watermelons glued onto a piece of sausage. Um, <laughs> honestly, like, Seven Mortal Sins is a garbage show, but it's a garbage show with a pretty funny dub, so okay. good job, Brittany, and honestly, good job to a lot of the cast and crew. There are, I honestly can say this, there are a lot of, like, just little performances that were just short of other awards. It is honestly one of the most entertaining dubs of the year. If you can stomach the stupid and the bad censorship, try it. I mean, Jade Saxton fucking raps in it. <laughs> nice. And Hardy, right. just case dismissed, bring in the dancing Hardys. Woohoo! <laughs> All right, Hardy, your best female performances in a comedy. All right, for my runner-up, um, some of the best performances that you can get is when you can really relate to the character that you're playing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you see this on such a scale to where this person could actually go outside and cosplay this character and it be one for one. I don't really think... Bryn April plays Hikari in interviews with Monster Girls. <laughs> she is She Hikari is Hikari. That role was written specifically for her. And she even looks like her. All she needs to do is do, do her hair up with the little bumps on the side. She could go as Hikari from interviews with Monster Girls. It's just, it's, that role is, it's Bryn April. And she just, she is that role. I can't. Nice. I can't associate. I can't disassociate the two. She is Hikari, and it was just a fantastic performance. For my gold award, however, okay, the best performances make you question if this person is even human. It's Uh-oh. producing a voice that is not of this earth, basically. Oh boy. Where this is gonna go. And then when you can flip flop between sweet, innocent, perfect little schoolgirl and evil gremlin child on the drop of a dime. Ooh, I know where this is going. God bless you, Emily Neves, if you weren't just absolutely ah! imperfect for for Umaru Chan. It was by potato far potato chips and cola for everyone! Yes, potato chips cola. And so it was such a fun, we, I already know that opinions for the show itself are very mixed, but if nothing else, you really do need to watch the dub because that performance of Umaru-chan. Even you had me laughing at the A-Fest room and I don't like the show. Yeah. And that was our main consistent is that most of us did not really like the show, but we loved Emily as Umaru because it's like this perfect combination of almost like Cartman from South Park, um, and with uh, mixed up with I don't even really know but it's just it's this voice that does not belong on this planet earth and it is just it is wonderful and hilarious and I she just had me rolling and the fact that she's able to flip flop back and forth between her normal umaru and gremlin umaru is just absolutely fantastic and I can't I can't 
I just can't get enough of it. I can't. I just can't. Yeah. I can't, guys. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, and so now I've, I can't really say the words cola or potato chips the, the di- same way. The same way again, yes. <laughs> so my silver award for best female performance in comedy. I'm going to do the exact same, for the exact same reasons as you, Hardy. I have Bryn April as Hikari in interviews with Monster Girls. Yeah. Oh, da-da. Yeah, she was, <laughs> this was one of the performances early on in the year where it just kept a lasting impression throughout the entire year, and I just had to give her an award. However, my gold award for female performance in a comedy is for an actress where it was a performance I least expected this year. It had its humor. It had its dramatic moments. It had its very relatable moments to me. And you can tell she had a lot of fun with it. I'm going to give my gold best female performance in a comedy to Miss Michelle Rojas in New Game. I'm a gay! (laughs) (laughs) It's me! I'm your gay! Yeah. I see London. I see France. I see Koyagami's underpants. (laughs) No, I just... This is... Again, this is one of the more unexpected ones that I got to hear this year. Um... And every second that Ko is on screen, I enjoyed every second of it. I laughed. I cried. I just how much of Ko Yagami? How much is it of it is watching Ko Yagami, or how much of it is it you watching going? God damn it! This is me and Megan. God damn it! This is me and Megan. (laughs) All right. So as for the other hosts, their awards for best female performance in a comedy, Noah gave his award to Miss Jade Saxon for Megami in Food Wars. Pulling off a voice that I've never heard out of Jade before, she combines Megami's nerves and ambition into a portrayal that's somehow both funny and heartwarming throughout every episode. For Jet, he actually gave his best performance for a com- female in comedy to Caitlin Glass as Kyoko in Skip Beat. While Caitlin Glass's work is generally solid, this was easily one of the most energetic performances I've ever heard for her, and she really got to show off a lot of vocal range when it came to the comedy. Uh, Roots gave his award to Emily Neems for Umaru-chan. Gigi also gave her award to Emily Neves and Omaru. She portrayed the switch between at home and public Umaru perfectly, along with changing her voice for the different person personas that the home... The, then at home one has her, in her fantasies. Wow. I forgot like in home Umaru has like the UN of Umaru's in her head. <laughs> her dialogue was perfect and without knowing it, knowing if some of it was improvised or not, it still deserves the best girl nod in 2017. Andrew gave his award to Bryn April for interviews with Monster Girls. Genuinely was impressed by the sheer comedic energy and sounded adorable and memorable. Memorable, one of Bryn's best, period. Snaves gave his, gave his award to Leah Clark in Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Wonderfully deadpan, yet warm. Zenith gave his award actually to someone from Umaru-chan, but instead to Christina Kelly. Uh, Emily Neves won Amon's award for Umaru-chan. And t- to quote Justice League International, he says, Bah ha ha ha. Okay. Hey, Amon. <laughs> I love you, Amon. Never change. Um, 
and Jamal decided to give his award to Jade Saxon, however, for but for Love Tyrant. Uh, Jade provides comedic timing and punch to a character that is slightly less horrible than pink-haired bitch. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag, I'm sorry, Felicia. Hashtag, it's hard out here for a shrimp. <laughs> Time to move on to our next award. And uh, to keep with our theme of female performances, we're going to cover the best female performance in a drama. Megan. Shit. This is fuck. I did not think we were going to get to this right now. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, fuck. Because, like, honestly, like, there is no silver and gold between these two. Ooh. There is no separating them as one is better than the other. So I'm going to explain them in alphabetical order. I have no silver medal for best female pro- performance in a drama this year because there were there were two that basically climbed to the top of the mountain, saw the others coming, looked each other in the eyes and said, co-queens, co-queens, and cut the rope and let them all fall to their death. Yeah, okay. If you've watched the episode for this, you know that my number one female performance for her drama, even though this she... This show is, I cannot classify it as drama or comedy because it mixes the two so well. Okay. But I feel this performance had more drama to it at times. And that is Jill Harris as Mayaka and Hyoka. Ooh, yeah. Okay. There is, there's a moment sometimes when you watch anime where you're like, this speaks to me on a level that does not speak, other media doesn't. And Jill's performance as Mayaka at times was that to me. There were times where I would sit there and be like, "Uh uh-huh. Just like, it was like opening a time castle back seven years ago to who I was in high school. And even though we don't have the same voice, I think that she got a lot of those similar emotions across. And it's a masterclass performance for a show that... Yeah, we can all say, oh, it took forever and a day for this to get dub, and how dare you. But I feel like if it would have had, if it would have come out any earlier, the dub would have suffered because Jill Harris wasn't Mayaka. Mm. Like, she is the only person on Earth who speaks the English language who should ever play that character. Okay. And if you, like, I will fight you on that. My other best pick for female in a drama... Is just going to be a chorus of echoes over and over and over again. I won't disagree with you because I know where this is going. Because holy freaking shit was Rachel Robinson perfect in Aka 13. She carried herself. She carried that character. Like, I cannot imagine how hard it is to play Mauve in Aka 13. Yeah. It, whether you be the her, it's whether it be the Seiyu or the English actor, because this is a character that has to carry almost the entire knowledge of everything in the show on her shoulders, and has to play everybody else, and she gets the most uproariously beautiful fuck you to boys ever. Like she gets to make Damon and Jason Lebrecht shit their pants at the same time. Yep, and just. God, and she also looks kind of like Mauve, too, which is even better. Um, so, to me, there was no competition. It was Jill Harris and Rachel Robinson for their work, respectively, and I would really like a picture of the two of them wearing crowns, shaking hands that say Coke Queens. Nice. Please All make right, this har- happen. I will give you, like, $5 and a beer. <laughs> 
All right, Hardy, what about your best female performances for drama? You know what? It was so hard really narrowing it down that I actually kind of had to cheat a tiny bit. Both Uh of these shows are technically can be considered comedies, but they have very dramatic moments in them. And it's the dramatic, it's the, they're acting during those dramatic moments that really made me choose these two. For my silver award, this is an actress that I've followed for quite a long time, ever since she first uh, started voice acting. When she first started out, I really wasn't a fan. Um, I always thought that she was better off voicing little boy characters than she was female characters. Just this past few months. I know where this is going. She has convinced me otherwise. And that is Terry Doty for recovery of an MMO junkie. Yeah, buddy. Because I could not think of a better actress to portray Morioka. I, I think it was written for her, basically. She went in there and she, it's just like, almost almost like with Bryn and Hikari, she was made for this character. And this isn't the first time that she's voiced a character who's basically Terry Doty in anime form. Um, Assassination Classroom. Assassination Classroom, yeah. Kira. Yeah. But, but the way she plays Morioka is just so genuine and so heartfelt. And it's relatable. So much of that show is relatable to... If you're a gamer or if you're just if you're on the internet, you can relate to so much of that. And she brings such a sweetness and a life to this character that it's just absolutely adorable. Okay. But my gold choice, and I fought tooth and nail to try to get this actress included into the fan performance because I loved it so much. I cannot give it to anyone else other than Caitlin Glass for Skip Beat. This Ooh. dub has been a long time coming. In fact, there was for the many years, there was almost no chance of it ever being exist, ever even existing. Mm-hmm. It was one of those mythical, you know, white whale unicorns sort of. There thing. was a lot of white whale unicorns this year. Let's be honest. It really is, and so they could have just tossed any old thing. It's like just to get Skip beat out, they could have given it any old dub, but no. They got a fantastic cast and crew behind it, and they got Caitlin Glass to play the lead character. And man, she has so many emotions. I've never, this is the best acting I think I've ever heard from Caitlin ever. And that is wow, really okay. saying something. That is strong words. Those are very strong words because she flips from emotion to emotion on a dime, and she plays every single one of them absolutely flawlessly. And so, yeah, that's that's my choice for best female. Even if it's a comedic role, for the most part, she plays the dramatic moments just awesome. And so, yeah, that's wow. my choice for for uh, best female in a drama. My goal, my silver, excuse me, my silver choice for best female performance in a drama. It kind of came out of left field. I'm not gonna lie. I guess to some extent, similar to what Hardy was saying about Terry Doty. Majority of the time before this year, I would say, or maybe last year, you primarily heard her voicing little boys. But she really got to 
show off her chops this year. And the one role that encapsulates everything, and I think it's one of her best performances ever, is Afia Yu in Suki Gakure. Yeah! Just everything that her character was going through. Her sense of anxiety, her insecurities, lack of confidence, uh, yet her kind of like starry-eyed look at love, high school love. Middle was... school, actually. What? Middle school. They were in middle school. Close enough. Mm. Uh, you get. You understand what I'm saying, though. A lot of those emotions and just just came flooding out that by the end of the show, I was bawling my eyes out. You, me, and Roots. Like the last episode, I I like I was perfectly fine throughout the show, and then the last episode where Afia just starts crying like a madman. I was done. I was done. So I had to give one of my awards to her for Sukigakure. I had to bite my tongue really bad because when you said you started hearing her cry, I thought of this really bad old YouTube video of the guy with the world's weirdest cry. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, (laughs) You know the exact video. Oh, yes. I still love you. Love you. (laughs) 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 That's the noise that came out of that was the only thing I was thinking of. All right. The entire time. All right, but my gold award for best female performance in a drama, it was no contest. This performance came out at the beginning of the year, made a lasting impression on me, and just stayed at the top the entire time. Though Afia did come close. I'm also going to give my award for best female in a drama to Rachel Robinson as Mauve in Aka 13 Territory. Rachel Robinson uses Aqua Chorus as a trap card. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for basically all the reasons that Megan said earlier, her performance was outstanding and left such a lasting impression on me. In a year where there were so many phenomenal dubs and where Akka premiered at the start of last year, where by the end of the year you could probably forget half the things you saw. She stood out to me, and I have to give her the award. Um, Other award winners from our other hosts. Noah decided to give his award for best female in a drama to Felicia Angeal as Hattori in Alice and Zoroku. Conveys the depths of disparity that only a damaged girl with psychic powers could possess. Equal parts deranged and sympathetic. Uh, for Jet, he gave his award to Erica Mendez in Little Witch, Little Witch Academia. Even, when, even with her generally stellar track record, this is easily one of my favorite performances from her as she as she really sold every ounce of Akko's energy and determination and to the point where it felt like she had particularly become, practically became the character. Roots, surprise, surprise. Uh, he gave his award to Rachel Robinson in Akka 13 Territory Inspection Department. Uh, next we have Gigi. She gave her award to Juliet Simmons in School Live. She, she says, thank you for playing best girl just as she should be. As an ass-kicking, shovel-wielding, tough girl with a sensitive side. I could feel her pain here, her joy here, everything. Get it, girl. Uh, and on the school, li- school live train, Andrew decided to give his award to Brittany Karbowski. I always knew Brittany was good, but the emotional range that is on display throughout the entirety of school live is some of the best comedic and dramatic acting I've ever heard her do. She completely got this character, and it hurt. 
Zenith gave her award to Jade Saxon for Food Wars. Avon gave his award to Sarah Wiedenheft in Classroom of the Elite. Sarah excels at playing both the sweet, saccharine schoolgirl who wants to be friends with everybody and just, and just is a really nasty piece of manipulative work. Boy, howdy. Ah, uh, Avon. Jamal gave his award to Danny Chambers for the Ancient Magus Bride. Danny displayed every aspect of Chise exquisitely, especially for the hardship moments. Before we move on to our next award. Oh, it's time for something new? It's time for something new. Oh, And it boy. is also female related. So, Megan, it is appropriate oh. that you are the one who handles this one. So, we did the fan vote. So, it's time for us to reveal this. Um, by the way, <laughs> I will say this right now if I'm a little nervous. Hardy and I have not seen the ballot. We haven't. So, so when I don't pipe it until I'm done. I'm not going to hit enter until you're done reading this. I okay, just wrote, so I just here wrote we go. Note. Just to remind you, these were the following nominees. For Brent Aperol. For Best for Actress. For Best Actress. Yes. For the fan vote. Brent Aperol, Interview with Monster Girls. Danny Chambers, The Ancient Magus Bride. Jill Harris, Hyoka. Xanthi Wynn, Anohana, The Flower We Saw That Day. Emily Neves, Himotu Umaru-chan. Rachel Robinson, Aka, 13 Territory Inspections Department. Michelle Rojas, New Game. Lindsay Seidel, Kino's Journey. Stephanie Shea, Your Name. Afia Yu. Suki Gakire, As the Moon, So Beautiful. Fuck you, I got it right this time! Yeah! yeah. And the winner is... Make drumming noises! Stephanie Shea, for Your Name. Woo! Woo. Congratulations, Stephanie Shea. You have won our fanboy. Honestly, what good is there not to say about your name? It yeah. was a fantastic movie. It was a fantastic performance out of Stephanie playing both her main character, Ab Mitsuha, and as well playing Taki as Mitsuha. Yes. Mm. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yes. Congratulations so, to congratulations. Stephanie Shea. Yeah, you take home the dubby. The golden dubby. All right. Ow, ow. All right, so the next award... This is the one that Megan was wondering what happened. Um, yeah. So our next award <laughs> is the Voice Actor to Watch Award. This is for See? an actor who, despite maybe having been around for a few years, they're really starting to gain traction and popularity this past year. Or they might be brand new. Or they might be brand new and just suddenly just rose to fame like that. So Megan... Would you like to go first? Yes, because both of my actors are actually, for what we know, brand spanking new. Yeah. And I have two of them. I have one male and one female. The male is getting my silver. The gold is uh, a female. So my male voice actor to watch is a name that's going to make Hardy tilt his head and do the who noise. Oh, boy. And that is Orlander Jones. Who? For his performance, for his performance as Asahi in Haikyuu. Ah. To which Asahi has the face of a thug, soul of an angel. Yes. <laughs> um, like, it's a joke in the show. It honestly that they're is. Like, Look at that guy. He looks like he's 30. I've heard he's been held back like seven times. Um, but god damn, does he knock out Asahi's timidness, his insecurities, when he comes into his own, like, he was so great. And when you're in a show that you've been waiting for for such a long time, and you hear this guy knock it out of the park and you're just like 
That's my boy. That's my baby. <laughs> Off oh, to defeat Dotteko. Dotteko. But like <laughs> he was, he really, I think, nailed a character that is very complex and very sweet and very <laughs> gentle, despite being the he's the ace of the team. He's a big boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but my gold. I'm not the only one who did this. I'm not gonna. I feel like I know yeah. where this is going, and I'm not surprised. Everyone and their mom knows where this is going. Right. <laughs> Let's face it. Let's face it. Who the fuck didn't put Danny Chambers down? I didn't. I didn't. Bite me, asshole. <laughs> no, me. It was really tough, though, honestly, because she was honestly, one of my options. Here's the thing. Out of any of us on the show, I was gonna burn Funimation down if they fucked with my baby. Um. That being the ancient Megas Bride. There are times where I actually prefer listening to her over the Seiyuu. And that's an astonishing thing for somebody who is not a dub's preferred to sub person. Like, I keep up with the ancient Megas Bride and the sub not for the performance, but for the story. If I wanted to watch the show, honestly, over and over again, I'd probably watch it in English. But I'm saving that for later. Uh, spoiler alert. Anyway, go on, Hardy. Okay, mine are interesting. I also have a male and a female, and I'm also doing giving the silver to the male just like you did. Um, for my voice actor to watch, Silver Award, I was really impressed with Bryson Boggus in Monster Musume. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a, I know it's not the best show on Earth, but I think... No, the per- you could have picked a better performance for him, honestly. Yeah, well, I really liked it, and I think... Uh, as a relative newcomer, I think that we have a, he has a lot of potential behind him, and so I really liked what I heard. Yeah, but say to be fair to Bryson, I mean he's also gotten like Danmachi, Diabloc Lovers. He's also in Food Wars. He he's been in a lot, so he's very much up and coming. Yeah. I picked. I guess I picked Monster Musume because I really liked the um, the spacity. I guess if that's even a word, okay. how his, mm-hmm. how spastic and, and zany it was. And how he played off of it. Now, for my gold choice, this is going to be a little bit interesting. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What did you do? The For the voice actor to watch award. We're not necessarily looking for the best of performances. We're going out there looking for potential. Mm-hmm. That way, even if someone doesn't do their best job, you can tell something is still there. I can see something in this person. Okay. For this performance, for this person in this dub, when it started out, I was not really a fan. I thought it's kind of flat. It's kind of, it's, it could use a lot of work. But then a certain episode of the show came up where this Mm-hmm. Her character was heavily featured, and this actress got to show us all what she could do. So much range. Uh, it wasn't perfect, but I saw potential. I said, with a little work, we could see good things coming from this person. Okay. And so that is why my gold award for voice actor to watch goes to Rochelle Hager for Little Witch Academia as Susie. Ooh. Nice. Mm-hmm. 
because she's not there yet, but she, th- watching all the different Susies interact and hearing the different voices she was able to give them, I saw good things. And so I think I, I want to hear more from Rochelle. I want her to keep acting, and I want to see just how much she can bring out. Because while the okay. performance wasn't perfect, I liked it, and I, I liked the potential that she has. Uh, my two uh, award winners... I also have one female, one male. But in my case, I don't have a gold or silver. I feel like both of them equally deserve this award. And for completely different reasons. So, speaking of latent potential, my male choice for voice actor to watch goes to an individual who's only been in one show. Oh, wow. That's it. He hasn't done anything else since then. However... With that one show and that one performance, it oozed of potential that I just had to give it to him. I'm going to give it to Adam Rowe. As if specifically Who? for Adam Rowe, specifically for his role of Grayveal in Gosick. Ah. As uh, Victor Eek's older brother. Mm. This guy came out of left field in an English dub that was extremely ambitious. And so out there, and completely unexpected. But despite some of the early episodes being rough, a little rough around the edges, once he grew into the role, and you just let him go for a long period of time, and you go through all these different emotions that Greyfield goes through, the loss of his childhood love, the his inner turmoil between going with what his dad says and actually caring about his younger sister who's considered the outcast of the family. There are so many sides to Graveville's character and Adam Rowe was just fantastic. So much so that he has probably the most potential out of all the actors that I have seen this year. Mm. And, I, and I've said this in the Ghostic episode as well and I'm going to repeat it again. I sincerely hope that he moves his ass down to Dallas. I hope he moves his ass down to Dallas because I want to see this man in more things. And if he doesn't, I will be sorely disappointed. Or, or Cliff could always work his magic and drag him back in. Mm-hmm. So, my female choice for this award goes to an actress who last year she didn't quite fly under the radar. She was more on the side of, I'm not a fan of this person. Mm. However, there were a few roles this year that helped change my opinion. One being Allison Zoroku, another being Garo Vanishing Line, the third and the one that really turned my opinion around, Hioka. I'm giving my award to Madeline Morris. Yeah! Madeline Morris, she's shown so many different sides this year with these performances, with her performances, from the spunky tech guru for Alice and Zoroku, to the curious of the curious for Hyoka, to this, her current role as um, Sophie in Garo Vanishing Line. She's grown on me so much as an actress, and it's cha- completely did a 180 on my opinion of her in, in like not even a year's time. So because of that, I have to give her my female award for voice actor to watch. Uh, as for the other hosts, if I can switch back to the document, Noah gave his award to, oh, 
Cause here's my thing. I had like five or six contenders. Bryson Boggs was actually one. Danny Chambers was another. This dude was also one. Um, Noah gave his award to Ian Moore as Kojiro and Kado, the right answer. This is a dry monologue heavy show, but Ian's range of negotiation and vulnerability kept the show engaging. I hope he gets the chance to try more character-driven performances in his future. Jat gave his award to Allegra Clark. She had three separate roles across the Fate Apocrypha dub and all three sounded very distinct. That's really impressive for the first anime role we've ever seen from her and I'm interested in seeing what else she's capable of. Uh, Roots gave his award to Danny Chambers for the Ancient Magus Bride. Uh, next we have Gigi. She gave her award to, we're going on the ghosting train again, but this time she gave it to Amanda Lee, AKA Amelie. Uh, I'm not sure how she will be able to, to able to balance her music career with her voice acting one, but from the tiny character I heard her as in Gosik, she really knocked it out of the park. Please keep working with Funimation along with other anime companies. Companies, you can do it. Also, I am shocked as you that I I am as shocked as you that I put a girl here. <laughs> Thanks, Jude. <laughs> Andrew decided to give his award to Griffin Burns. I liked him in Hunter x Hunter, but Anohana truly made me realize that this guy had some major potential. I'm ecstatic to see what else he, he will have in store. Sneeps gave his voice actor to watch award to Bryn April. Seriously, she can go places with this, specifically interviews with Monster Girls. Um, Zenith decided to give her award to Chris Wakecamp. No rules specifically, just Chris Raven Camp in general, but that's fine. Jamal also gave his award to Danny Chambers, specifically for Ancient Magic Magus Bride. From the moment I first watched the show, I was sold on Danny Chambers as an actress. Um, next we have... Is it the boys' turn? It's the boys' turn! Let's start with best male performance in a comedy! Woohoo! Fun times! Happy, happy, fun, fun, joy, joy time! Uh, yes. my silver should have no surprise on anybody. Uh, Bruno is best boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, it's Chris Wake Up. Uh, I had originally yes. had somebody else here. Um, oh, God, who did I have? I, I changed at like, the last minute, by the way. Okay, because originally I actually had it for Adam Gibbs in Haikyuu. But at, and then I, I sat and I thought about it, and I was like, I went on, like, the biggest rampage about how much I loved Chris Wakeamp in The Royal Tutor. And how much it's such a funny fucking performance and a touching performance at the same time. Like... Dude, I love you. <laughs> you are you are you are a great actor and a good friend. Um, you excelled in every role that you did this year. Honestly, from Eraserhead to Zed to, to to Bruno, but Bruno has a special place. However, if you want to get your gold medal, you're gonna have to cut it off of Dallas Reed. <laughs> Ooh, because goddamn was Satoshi and Hike hope. <laughs> Kiyoka. Too many H's. Too many H's. Yeah, you're gonna have to fight <laughs> Dallas Reed for that, and I'd be a little scared. He's got his buddy Beefus Beefus on him. Protein fiend. <laughs> Protein fiend. Hot teacher. Um, but Satoshi's Satoshi as a character is has uh, dramatic moments, but he's a little comedic troll, and I think Dallas nailed it. I think it's the best Dallas Reed performance this year, even more than his masterful work of making Asta from Black Clover tolerable, which wow. he should get an award for that too, because damn, you pulled that shit out of a dumpster fire and somehow made it a shiny shit. But, <laughs> but Satoshi is a better performance. Um, I, I thought he, it's like I said with Jill, um, I don't think that the show would have had a, as good of a dub if it had come out in 2012 because Dallas wouldn't have been Satoshi. 
And I think that it's the best comedic performance this year. There's a lot of really good comedies, but he stood out by playing, playing a sad clown. And sometimes that's what you need in your comedy is the sad clown. (laughs) All right, Hardy. What about your best male performances for comedy? This was actually surprisingly tough because it changed. I had my, at the beginning of the year, I thought I already had my choices down set but then it kept, I kept seeing new performances as the year went along. Um, so these two that I picked, I actually had them down for two shows each. It, it could have gone with either one, but I had to narrow it down. Uh, I might have to kill you. <laughs> but, but no, no, no. I narrowed it down. I narrowed it good. down. Good boy. Good. I'm like Megan. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it takes good. a certain something. Because there's a lot of garbage shows out there. It takes a certain something to act in said garbage show and not only make it tolerable, but enjoyable. And I think that's what, what, for my Silver Award, that's what Josh Greeley was able to do with Masamune-kun's Revenge. Oh, hey, you can make that one guy on on, uh, Reddit not pissed at us anymore. It is such a mean-spirited show. And the characters are all unlikable buttholes. But Josh brought, with Josh in his performance, was able to make Masapuni Kun not less of a jerk. He's still a total butthole, but he was a funny butthole. He's a booty hole. He's a booty hole. He's a booty hole. A booty hole. Yeah. That's a booty hole. And it takes a lot to be able to go into a show and take this irredeemable character and make it fun. So that's that's who I had to give my silver award to. Congrats to you my and the go- seven other people who actually watched Masamune-kun's Revenge. The other one, the other show that he did pretty much the same thing to was uh, that Akashic Records show that was also a dumpster fire, but Josh made it a lot of fun too. But mainly Masamune-kun's Revenge is more was impressive to me because it was such a horrible show, and Josh made it so much fun. To steal this joke, isn't Akashic Records the show? where all the girls' uniforms were basically pretty much hand-created by Roy Mustang. Pretty much, yeah. Tiny miniskirts. Oh, Lord. Yeah. But for my gold performance, and this has been my choice since the beginning of this year. I know what this is. I bet I know where this is. It has to be. You may think you know what it is, but... I had you can to, pull some surprises sometimes. I had to give it to Alejandro Saab for his performance in Akiba's Knew trip. it! Yeah, boy! Some because call this pseudoscience, but those people are assholes. People are a-holes. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a yes. very it was a very close tie between him and also Chris Neosi as Reagan from Mob Psycho. But I think in the end, considering Alejandro was able to put so much energy and do it on a breakneck dubbing pace, like because Akiba's trip when it first started out was day and date. It was coming out yes. the same day. It's a si- it was tr- a true simul dub, and the fact that he was able to put such a uh, energetic, manic performance uh, and do it at such a pace, and this was his very first leading role, might I add. Yeah, that's true. So very I, true. so yeah, I mean, it's I've been sitting this on sitting on this for pretty much the entire year, but I had to give it to Alejandro for Akiba's trip because he just he had me rolling in the aisles. The truest way to watch his performance. Is live and in person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not gonna lie. It was 
stupidly fun. Um, my turn. All right, my awards for best male performance in a comedy. One was also from the start of the year. Oh wow! The other was recent. Ooh. The recent one being the silver. I in the past couple of years, I may not have seen this actor much or saw these saw the shows he was in out that often, but. For some reason, my opinion had always seemed the same. Not exactly fond of this guy in dramatic roles. I prefer him in comedies. The same, the same is said here. While I am going to give the show itself an award in a little bit, I also have to give props to Scott Gibbs in, in Haikyuu. <laughs> as Kageyama. And I didn't solidify this until last night when I finished the dub. Volleyball nerd! With Shut your whore mouth, you're one too. I know, I'm one too. <laughs> no, with um Scott Gibbs as Kageyama, when I originally saw the casting of it, and we're probably gonna go into more detail of it uh, when we actually talk about Haikyuu. Yeah. When I when I saw the cast list, I was extremely hesitant because I didn't know because Kageyama, he's an angry little shit sometimes. It's an angry Let's little face butthole. It. He's an angry little butthole, but he tries. He tries very hard. He's, he's, a, he's a silly doof. Um, and I was very hesitant to see Scott Gibbs pull this character off. But when I saw that first clip, clip um, when they announced it and him playing off of Bryson Boggess as uh, Hinata, I was like, okay, I think I can get into this. And then my Haikyuu set came in the mail and I watched the show and I fell in love with it. <laughs> Like, it took maybe, like, an episode or two at most, and then I was done. I was rolling on the floor laughing at so many fun moments where he's yelling at Hinata, where he's, like, trying so hard to actually be taken seriously at times. And to be nice. And, and to be nice. Nice being the fun one. God, that goddamn creepy smile he gave them during that match. Just no, my favorite thing is when he up. actually he hits he he uh, he know that hits him in the head, and he's just like, he's just like, hey, why are you scared? There's nothing scarier <laughs> than hitting me in the back hitting of the, me head. In the head, right? Nope. <laughs> but yeah, I have to give Scott Gibbs his props for Kageyama and Haikyuu. But my gold winner for best male performance in a comedy. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Cause similar to Rachel Robinson for Akka, this individual was so memorable since the start of the year that I couldn't give it to anyone else. I went with Chris Niozzi as yep. Reagan in Mob Psycho 100. Cause this is one of those characters where when we when we did the episode and we made predictions, I had no fucking clue what to do with it. Like there was like, because Reagan as a character himself is very distinctive and very like different than what you can normally see a lot of people playing. So it's like, who the hell is capable of pulling this off? And then you let Chris Niozzi go for half an hour, and you're like, oh, this guy can do it, <laughs> and it's just phenomenal every step of the way. And uh, uh, I love it. But yeah, that, those are my two choices for best male performance comedy. Now, as for our other hosts, excuse me, Noah Clue decided to give his award to Alejandro Saab. However, 
it's for my first girlfriend is a gal. In the grand tradition of loose adaptations, Alejandro turns every line into comedy gold with energy and perviness. For Jet, he gave his award to Mike... Wow, I'm gonna... I apologize, I'm gonna butcher this Dangerfield. name. Dangerfield. Michael Dangerfield? Yeah. In Gintama. I actually didn't think we were gonna be talking about that. I didn't think Gintama could be dubbed, but they managed to pull it off. And while I can't say Michael Dangerfield's Gintoki is good as Tomokazu Sugita's, it still managed to make me laugh just about every time, and he was a really good choice for the character. Roots, my man Roots. He picked Chris Niozzi for Mob Psycho 100. Uh, Gigi also went with Alejandro Sov for My First Girlfriend is a Gal. He stretched his range here to not only to not only struggle through some uncomfortable dialogue, but play a bunch of gag versions of his character. There really is no other choice. I'm super glad to see him go from go from my voice actor to watch last year to best male this year. Get it, number six. <laughs> uh, Andrew gave his award to Brandon McInnes in Gamers. I knew Brandon was good, but the sheer comedic timing and goofy reactions he brought to the table were fantastic. Well done. Sneebs also gave his award to Chris Niozzi in Mob Psycho 100, uh, saying it was delightful. Zenith gave her award to Greg Ayers in Food Wars. Amon also gave his award to Chris Niozzi in Mob Psycho 100. Amazing, just perfect, and yet also not the obvious choice I was expecting. Jamal also gave his award to Alejandro Saab for My First Girlfriend is a Gal. He put every bit of his range on display, and I'm proud of him for the Passion Fruits line, dude. So a lot of Chris Niozzi's and a lot of Alejandro's for two different reasons. And now um, it's time for the fans to say. Oh, is it my turn? Oh, no, no, no. We have to do the drama Not first. Not yet. Oh, whoopsies, my bad. Yeah. drama first. So, best male performance in a drama. Megan, can you start us off? Yes, please? I can. Surprise. You guys are going to be... I know Steph may not be surprised, but uh, Hardy might. Okay. Okay. My silver medal is actually Christopher Bevins in Aka 13 as Nino. Mm. Which okay. might surprise a lot of you, because if you don't me know me, I am god-fucking-obsessed with Aka. Like, I love that performance. I love Chris Bevins being suave and smooth and dorky at the same time. I loved the backstory episode for Nino, even though that was Brina Palencia, but he still did all the narration. I love that performance to death. I love getting to hear Chris Bevins do that and not play, like, some random butt monkey in his own shows. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, yes. Um, <laughs> it's a pretty pleasant change, honestly. And I, I wish I could gush more other... It's just really weird where it's like, explain why you like this. I can't. I just really freaking like this. Really, mm -hmm. honestly, the best response I would say is you gotta watch the show. Yeah, you can't... Right. I, here's the thing. I can't explain any of the performances in Akka without spoiling the show. You need to watch the show. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. How it's about cigarettes, politics, and bread. bread. And yes, cigarettes, politics, and bread. Maybe not Randy Newman. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jed. I'm never gonna let that go. Live that down. Like, uh, but there is one performance that came out this year, and if you know me as a person, it is a feat to get me to physically hate a character. Oh, wow. Ooh. 
It's a feat to make me want to cause physical harm to somebody over a character. Are we talking about a certain fuckboy? Oh, you know, no. Oh, you know. Oh, no. You're, you're going to know where this what? is going in a minute. Oh, no. I hated this character until the last minute of the show. Okay. God damn it, did I want to punch Ray Chase into low space orbit <laughs> over his performance as Yukiatsu and Anohana. Like, yes, okay. okay. You don't understand. Yes. I hated Yukiatsu. Like, I did not want to see Yukiatsu get closure to his pain. That's wow. how much Ray Chase I've... convinced me that this character deserved nothing but suffering for what he pulled. And goddamn, did I sympathize with him at the same time? Like, yeah, that's a, that's a, a strong thing. performance, Here's the thing. honestly. Like, <coughs> when I was told to watch Ano, I was really apprehensive about watching Anohana because I had had somebody paint me a very bad picture of the show. Um, first of all, they're stupid. For yeah, doing they're that an idiot. To um, second of all, goddamn, Rage Hayes, like. Ray Chase playing a high schooler for one when I am used to him. Like, the youngest character I think I ever remember Ray Chase playing is, like, what? Noctis at the beginning of Final Fantasy XV, which I've never actually played. The youngest character I know that he plays is in, like, I think, like, fucking Fire Emblem. If that. I'm used to him playing, like, the dude in, like, Dragon Cry and shit. Or, like... Gil Thunder's little, little like tag along in Seven Deadly Sins, but like, oh my God, his performance as Yukiatsu is like gut wrenching and punches you in the stomach and you want to smack him, like you want to actually smack this kid in the face until the last moment of the show when he gets his redemption. And you follow, you can believe every ounce of his performance from the second he appears on screen to the last minute where he's breaking down in tears. And that is a feat. Because for the longest time, I had Chris Bevins solid as my number one. And Ray Chase blew him out of the water. Yeah, okay. Wow. Yeah, I want. I think my exact words, you can ask Andrew or Ruth, when, um, when, I, when I met his character is, I want to punch Ray Chase into low space orbit. Whoa, okay. I do not, no, okay. time out, no. I do not actually want to punch Ray Chase into <laughs> low space orbit. Ray Chase is a really nice guy. Ray you just Chase, want to punch Yukiatsu. I just Yukiatsu. really want to punch Yukiatsu in the face. <laughs> but I mean, uh, it speaks to the performance that I got that like angry at a character over it. All right. Hardy, your, your rewards for best male performance in a drama, please. Okay. This was the award that I flip-flopped back Back and forth, could not decide what I wanted to do. I thought I had a decision. Okay. I thought I had everything planned out. But then at the very last second, I kept sw swapping things out. Until this afternoon, even. Jesus. Oh, Lord. Okay. Okay. I could not decide who I wanted to do. But then I had a thought. If we give, we like our new talent. We like our established old talent as well. We also then, wonder what it's like to stick two dicks into a Chinese finger trap. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, there are these actors. They've always been there, and we've never given them their due. I think I know where this is going. 
Yeah. And so these two gentlemen have been there the entire time. Always in the background, but always very important. And just this year, they're starting to finally get the recognition that they deserve. I think I know where these are going. I don't. Well, not for my silver award. My silver will surprise you. Oh? For my silver award, I'm giving it to Charles Campbell. I knew you were going to give him a fairy tale ending. No, I'm giving it to Charles Campbell and, and for his role as Grand Torino in My Hero Academia yeah! Season 2. Oh, come on. Sweet, I just made okay. a really good joke and you just ignored it. <laughs> Hardy, you gave the Charlie Campbell a fairy tale ending. I'm getting back to it. I'm getting back to it. Just give Uh-oh. me, let me get around to it. But yeah, he plays, he's always played the crotchety old timers since day one, since back in the ADV days. And we've, he's never really had a chance to shine. But with Gran Torino, he gets to play the senile old Mega Man Yoda type mentor character. And he's both at the same time goofy and silly, but also very wise and stoic and and he really brings a, a a very demanding performance to the to such a small character both he, Grant Torino is a small in stature and in and in um, screenplay but he has from his the little time that he's actually on the screen that we know him he makes okay. a big impression by the way do you know what Charlie Campbell to get a little like Grand Torino Muppet that he can just walk up behind Justin Briner and smack him with it. Oh my god. That would be amazing. We need to make him a little puppet. No. A Grand Torino oh puppet. And the funny thing is, it could be like life size, because Grand Torino is a little like dude. I said, it's like it's like Frank Aww. Oz and his Yoda Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> like you could stick the anyway. puppet on his shoulder and just have Charlie Campbell smack yeah. and make the puppet smack him. But oh yeah, my god, but that's great. But going back on the subject of actors who have been there, who have never gotten their just dues until recently, was Charlie's old drinking buddy. I knew where this was going. We got to give it to the Bone Daddy. Yeah! After all these years, Brian Mathis finally has his own lead role, and he brings... I, I, was, I hesitated to give it, because, but he really does bring this warmth and just... What is the word? He to to, to Elias. Sincerity and a warmth and just this almost like a childish naivete at the same time. God, I can't as to what episode ten does with him tomorrow. Oh yes. I think he was just great as Elias, even though the character is kind of very the character kind of is is flat, but it suits the character. He is very to the point. He is very succinct. Um, and I think Brian just also has this this warmth that he brings to to Elias that is just wonderful. I, I know. Can I make my shitty joke now? You can make your shitty joke. <laughs> you show. gave them a fairy tale ending. After Aww. all these years, Macau and Wakaba finally get Yay! the attention they deserve. By the way, I really hope that when he watches this episode, when Andrew hears that, he wants he immediately calls me and goes, "Fuck you, Megan." all right oh if there was any category that gave me the most difficulty it would be this category because i'm pretty sure i almost i pretty much had 10 nominees myself throughout the year good gravy narrowing it down 
was a behemoth of a task. Somehow I managed to do it, but it wasn't easy. Because, I mean, I've ha I had Ray Chase in there. I had Brian Mathis in there at one point. Um, I don't even remember who else I had. I had I had Matt Shipman at one point for Gosick. Uh, I had... Oh, I already said Ray Chase. I don't remember anymore. Was, I narrowed this down yesterday, guys. But... My silver award for best male performance in a drama. It was very difficult to figure out who, which performance outshined the other, to be honest, between these two. Silver award-wise, I have to give this to an actor who, personally, I've been impressed with for a very long time. However, when it came to a certain role this year, I lost my shit and in a good way. Really? Because it was absolutely phenomenal every sense of the word and especially for uh, you could say you could probably technically say his first ever Funimation lead role oh wow I have to give my first my silver award to Adam Gibbs ah. for Hyoka oh hi Mark <laughs> oh hi Adam oh hi Adam yeah I've been how is your mystery life <laughs> I, like I said in the episode, I have been a fan of Adam Gibbs as an actor for a few years now. And, um, this, his performance as, um, Oriki in Hyoka, I think is not only the best performance of the show, but the best performance I have ever seen from him as an actor. Oriki, he's aloof. Doesn't want to expend, expel much energy. And if he has to, he'll do it as quickly as possible. But yeah, he also grows as a character. To someone who will take initiative. Who does care about other people. And seeing the character progression. And seeing Adam portray it. Without standing. However. And again, this was very difficult. My best male performance this year for a drama comes from an actor who I've also been actually a fan of for quite some time. And who you might see him sometimes as rather unsuspecting. We talk about him frequently, but we don't talk about him in phenomenal roles enough. Especially if Garo Vanishing Line has taught me anything the past few months. Um, however, it's not for Garo Vanishing Line that I'm giving this award to him for. I have to give my gold for best male performance in a drama to Mr. David Matranga as Todoroki from My Hero Academia Season 2. Hey, Dave! Sup, Dave? That performance, can, like, Todoroki stole the first arc of that, of the second season. Stole it, ran with it, didn't let it go. Every bit of his story throughout that entire arc and into the rest of the season itself was absolutely drop-dead amazing to me. And seeing Dave Matranga perform every little bit of pain that Todoroki goes through and every little bit of hope and strength and bravery that comes out of it absolutely flat out impressed me from a person who deserves so much more credit than what he typically gets honestly so that's why i have to give him this award 
to be completely honest. Um, for the other hosts for their awards, uh, Best Male Performance for a Drama, Noah Clue gave his award to Aaron Dismuke, Dismuke in Fuka. Brings an unconventional unconventional lead male voice to the teenage angst that's all too relatable at that age. Treading the, the line between put upon yet empathetic. Uh, Jet gave, also gave his award to Dave Matranga. However, it was for Ushio and Tora as Ushio. It's been a, good, a very good year for David Matranga, and while it was tough choosing between this and his Todoroki, I honestly didn't think he could pull off the classic shounen here as well as he did here, and it's some of the best work I've ever seen from him. Roots gave his award to Steven Sanders for Sukigakure. Gigi, I fucking love you, 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 uh, you wonderful human being. She gave her award to David Walden Gosick. You can't help but applaud the most evil dilf in all of anime. <laughs> Is there any evil dilf David Wall doesn't play? He should just voice them all. It's hard to walk the line between evil and sexy, and he did it perfectly here, at least in my opinion, but we all know I love asshole characters. And there's not a bigger asshole this year than his ghostic character. I couldn't agree more. Andrew gave his award to KG Tang for Anohana. This could have gone either to comedy or to drama, but this one gets it because as hilarious a character as Popo is, when he breaks in that final episode, it's some of the best I've ever heard from KG Tang, period. Zenith gave his award to Christopher Wakecamp in The Royal Tutor. Uh, Amon gave his award to Justin Briner for Classroom of the Elite. Justin plays a character who is emotionally muted, but still feels compelling and active rather than flat and boring. Also, nice to see Justin move so far outside of his manic wheelhouse to such great effect. And Jamal, we're going into Magus Bride on this, but it's not what you expect. He gave it to John Bergmeier. Yep, <laughs> exact. I know why. All right. So now it's time for the boys. It's the time boys are back in town. The boys. Yep. Hardy, will you please present our next award? I would be happy to. These are the nominations for the viewer fan vote for best actor. We have Christopher Bevins, Aka, 13 Territory Inspection Department. Adam Gibbs for Hioka. David Matranga for My Hero Academia Season 2. Robert McCollum for Attack on Titans Season 2. Chris Neosi for Mob Psycho 100, Dallas Reed for Black Clover, Alejandro Saab for Akiba's Trip, the animation, Steven Sanders for Sukigakire as the Moon So Beautiful, Michael Center Nicholas for Your Name, and finally KG Tang for Anohana, The Flower We Saw That Day. God, and the winner! <laughs> and the winner! For the fan viewer, as voted, as chosen by you all, the winner for the fan vote is David Matranga for My Hero Academia season two. Yay! Woo -woo! I was actually, I'm actually so kind of surprised of to see that he beat Michael Sticker Nicholas. Yeah. So speaking of David Matranga not getting the recognition he deserves, here we fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, everybody, sir. Everybody loves Prince Zuko. God damn it. Okay, legit though, I had once talked to a bunch of cosplayers that someone needs to do like an Ember Island group for my hero. And when they do, Todoroki put the scar on the wrong side of the face. 
Your scar's on the wrong side. <laughs> anyway, congratulations to David Matronga for winning the Best Actor Award, Viewer's Choice. All right. Our next award is a brand new one. Brand, brand spanking new. All right. So our next award is the Best Ensemble Cast. Now, this goes to an entire cast of a series. This doesn't necessarily go to something that we consider to be the best dub of the year. I mean, that's a separate thing entirely. But it basically can go to a cast of characters in an English dub who, personally, how I see it... Maybe if you break them apart, they would not work... They would not be good individual performances in another show, but together they do make a stronger dub. Yes, yes, yes. Um, And you can't exactly pick a main character from it either. They're just very equal, and they're all strong throughout together. Um, Megan, can you start us off? Yes. Um... If you haven't noticed, I've mostly given stuff to Onaplex dubs, Sentai, Funimation, uh, this year. This is my one and only Netflix award. Huh. For my silver medal, the best ensemble cast goes to Fate Apocrypha. As somebody who Ah. has no idea what the hell is going on. (laughs) <laughs> a part I wouldn't have given any of these actors an award at times compared to other individual performances in other shows they may or may not have held up in my opinion but together they make a really good really enjoyable cast with some hamtastic fights between each other I mean I'm pretty sure Ben Diskins is actually just a really for some reason, William Shakespeare's there. I don't know what's happening in Fate Apocrypha. Frankly, if if you do know what's Fuck happening... Fuck you, that's why! If you know what's happening in Fate Apocrypha, please tell me. Because I would really, really <laughs> like to know. Um, I, I legitimately have no fucking idea what's happening. But... It's it's a good ensemble cast. It's got a lot of it's got a mix of some people who we maybe don't hear a lot. Um, it is the best Zach Aguilar has ever sounded. Um, as Sieg, uh, there, there are a couple times where people are double casted, triple casted, which I do have a bit of a problem with in a show, especially, yeah, Fate has a kind of big cast, but it's not big enough where you can't, um, it's not big enough where you can't just, you know, get a different actor. Uh, and at one point I literally got to watch... Uh, Ray Chase and Ben Diskins have a ham off for control of one single body. Which is the greatest thing that's ever happened. And, I mean, we also live in a world where Keith Silverstein plays Magic Shakespeare. (laughs) I I don't know what else you want in life, but that's a thing that happens. However, my best ensemble cast... Was gonna go to Aka 13 Territory Inspection Department. While Aka 13 has a lot of really good standout performances for its lead, one of the things that it did is that Aka has 13 distinct and different districts with 13 with different distinct people working at each branch. The fact is that Chris Bevins, as a director, 
put together a cast of memorable performances for sometimes minute one-shot characters. I mean, for God's sakes, this is a show that has Greg Ayers playing a crazy old Hawaiian man in it. <laughs> uh, You're right. Guys, like, literally. Um, again, it is really hard to talk about Aka without spoiling the show itself. But the fact that there is so much care and attention to detail and it's from its main player down to a one-off auditor shows how well the ensemble cast is put together. And I don't think anything else honestly topped it as an ensemble cast this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hardy, your best ensemble awards, please. Well, sometimes you don't really... The good thing about an adventure is it's not the destination, it's the journey. And when you're on a journey, you want to make sure that you have some good company. And that's why, for my silver award, I choose I chose JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusaders. Nice. Because... Oh the, the, my god! <laughs> and while, the, yes, while it's not a perfect dub, it does have some issues, but the five main characters play off each other so well that if you were to separate them, you would, you would, it would be to the dub's detriment. Um, whereas you have Matt Mercer as Jotaro, Richard Epcar as Joseph, um, Chris Tergliaferra as, as, um, Abdol. Abdal and uh, and even Come. Doug Erholtz as per- Polnareff and uh, Kyle Bear as Kakyoin. <laughs> and let us not forget the, the golden ham that is Patrick Seitz's Dio, rounding them out to an, a very impressive main cast. Okay. However, it's not my favorite favorite ensemble dub because there's always something wonderful about getting the gang back together after being apart, being away for so long. Ooh, okay. When you finally get all the players back together, it gives you this nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. Like a big, warm, fuzzy, red jacket. And so, that is why, for my Gold Ensemble Award, I have to give it to Lupin Third Part 4, from bringing oh. back the original, the most of the original cast members from uh, part two that was dubbed almost 20 years ago. Yeah. What? I thought you were going yeah. there with wow. for a second. Nope. Nice. Nice. Yep. I mean, the, they did have to replace Zinigata as actor, but other than that, it's like, it's like nothing ever left. It's just, it's a warm, fuzzy feeling. And it's not the best dub on the on this earth. I do have issues with some of the other characters, but the main cast works so good together, and it's like they never left. Some things never change. Mm-hmm. All right, my turn. My best ensemble awards. My silver award is actually the one that inspired this award in the first place. Because when I saw this show, I couldn't pick anyone that was a better performance than the other and if you were to take even one person away it would probably fall flat on its face my silver award actually has to go to the royal tutor for best ensemble Aww. this show the show has its problems it has its flaws of course but 
the main cast of characters, that being uh, Micah Solisaw, Alejandro Saab, Damon Mills, Chris Wakecamp, and Steven Sanders, are all just phenomenal performances, and they work off of each other so well that it makes the dub so sweet and endearing to me. And if anything were changed within that main group of characters, it wouldn't be the same anymore. It would just be so different and would lose that sweet and endearing tone. So I have to give my silver award to uh, Royal Tudor. Now, the funny story is Royal Tudor was actually my gold award until yesterday. Oh, wow. And uh, the reason why I had to change this was because I finished a little show called High Q, and I actually have to give my gold award for Best Ensemble to High Q. Yay! All right. Um, again, it's a show, again, that has its flaws in bits here and there, but if you were to change any of the casting at all, it would fall flat on its face. And especially for a dub that has been in high demand for years. I know, I know I gave Scott Gibbs one of my awards for performance in comedy. However, he's just part of this larger ensemble that if, that if he was taken out of it, that if Bryson was taken out of it, Orlando, uh, Adam Gibbs, or anyone else, Greg Ayers, uh, Greg Cote, if any of them were removed, especially the Karasa team in particular. Orlando Jones. <laughs> Orlando Jones. If any of them were changed or removed, we would have had a terrible show, honestly. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't picture a better dub or a better ensemble cast. I have to give it to Haikyuu for that reason. Um, as for our other hosts, for best ensemble, Noah gave his award to Sure Dure Children. Every pair is distinct and well acted to the point that any of them could have starred in a series all of their own. Jet gave his award to Fate Apocrypha. In enjoyed this, I enjoyed this for pretty much all the reasons I like Junie Tyson's dub. But in addition to being a better show, the ensemble itself has a bit more to work with when it comes to motivations and interactions, and the dub sells all of those things perfectly. Roots decided to give his award to Space Battleship Yamato 2199. But I have reasons, but you'll have to wait for the episode. So he. You're going to have to keep guessing on that. Gigi also gave her Best Ensemble Award to the Royal Tutor. This anime introduced me to a handful of voice actors I hadn't really paid attention to before who really gave it their all. It bumped Damon Mills and Chris Swaycamp up on my radar. They are all so soft. So soft. Rub, rub. Such good boys. Rub, rub. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andrew actually decided to give his Ensemble Award to My Hero Academia Season 2. I thought Season 2 was genuinely impressive, but by God, the dub was not only as good, but possibly even better than the first season with so many standout moments from emotional outbursts to big fight scenes. It had it all. Sneebs decided to give his award to Akka, 13 Territory Inspection Department. Such a broad swath of folks, all with great talent. Zenith gave her award to Food Wars. Amon gave his award to Classroom of the Elite. Just a tight all-around superb cast that the show needed in order to pull off its story. Meanwhile, Jamal, he has an interesting one in the show we haven't brought up at all, so I'm impressed. Rio Rainbow Gate. An impressive crew ranging from Amberly Connors to Dr. Eggman to Orojas, the sorcerer reference that satisfies my entertainment factor. 
Oh, man. So. Oh, we're going at it, man. This is another long night. <laughs> what else new. is new around here? It, is, it really so. is like the Oscars. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. So, before we get to the really, really, really high up there awards, we have another new award. And the person who's probably the most appropriate to hand this one out. This is the one that the o- this is the one where the OGs picked a single winner by the way. Yeah, nobody else nobody else on the crew nobody I think else. knows knows about this. Nope, nobody else knows but the three of us and there's only one winner that was decided upon by the three of us. Hardy, will you do me the honor in awarding our first unsung hero award, please? It would be my honor. You know talking about these dubs and talking about the people involved in them we always praise the actors the directors the writers but it's really the people behind the scenes who are the most important the people who take the performances and the recordings put them all together and make them sound right There's a lot of work that we just don't see. A lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that just isn't seen. It's not recognized. And we want to help recognize that. The one, one of the jobs behind the scenes that often goes overlooked is the audio mixer. If it wasn't for these people, we wouldn't have dubs, or they'd sound very awkward. These people are able to take everything, put it together, random pieces of audio, uh, just different characters, different pieces of music, and they're all able to mix it together so that it forms one cohesive production. And that's why we want to give our first annual Unsung Hero Award to our good friend Neil Malley, the video mixer for Funimation, most recently for his work in Junie Tyson's Zodiac War. Among very other, various other shows. Yes. Yes. Among yeah. various other shows. We, we've told the story before. When we were in Dallas and we had the, we had the amazing opportunity to... Um, Tour Funimation this to, year. Yes. Um, we actually got to meet Neil. And um, he's the individual who got to like show us... Um, what his job is, what how it works, and what he does day in and day out. And it was so impressive to me because it's there are things that you don't think about when it comes to English dubs like this. Mm-hmm. And the way Neil described it to us, it, it was just downright amazing. And then <laughs> something he also did was... Um, <laughs> he used a... He, uh... he, Shangri-La. Yes, he um he made a fun little parody, little mix track um using Shangri-La as a as a, like a kind of like a little demo to sh- to go over these spiels. So clearly he hasn't done the, the spiel before, but um it was so hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> he just messed with so many sounds on it. It's great, and it's also interesting too because um if I remember correctly, he was also the um ADR engineer for Show by Rock. Yes. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, I know. I remember that got brought up. So, um, but honestly, we really wanted to start recognizing those who don't get enough praise. Yeah, and the ones behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. And Neil, sir, it's. But it was an honor to meet you, sir. You mm-hmm. have fans in us, and we we really hope um, to that see everyone you comes to appreciate the work that you guys do. Yes, and we hope sincerely hope that you'll keep doing what you're doing for many years to come. Um, mm-hmm. So, all right. So our next award, we really only have a handful of awards left. So. Mm-hmm. Let's move this along. If you've All made right, it to so this we're... point in the video, welcome to the secret club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can pick up your complimentary cocktails and weenies to the left. Nice. And now I want some weenies, damn it. <laughs> that could be arranged. Anyway. Oh Snipped my. or unsnipped. <laughs> oh god, no. Not like that. You Not walk like right that. into that. Fuck. Um, Alright, so the next award of the evening. Um... Would you prefer we're Todoroki getting, cosplayer getting or Bakugo cosplayer? Shut your fucking warm mouth. Um, we're getting into some rather big awards now. The first one being for best writing in an English dub. This can be this can be for either home video or broadcast. There is no limitation on this, so long as it came in this year. And was not a broadcast up from last year that got a home video release. Uh, Megan, will you start us off, please? Give me one second. My uh, my uh, my uh, Google Doc actually uh, uh, accidentally uh, uh, came off Shit really quick. Uh, so no. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the best writing I have: Pootie Ten. <laughs> hey, that's a good God choice. Damn it! <laughs> no, I'm just fucking with you. Um. My silver medal goes to a show that was that had a semi-difficult thing to tackle. Because romance is hard. And so is being a believable te- a believable teenager. I know where this is going. So I picked Booty Tang. Sadate. Oh no. No. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had Beverly Hills Cop. Um, oh. Uh, no, oh, I'm just stop it. I'm just messing with you. I had uh, I had shoulder deep claw. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I actually <laughs> had Kristen McGuire for Suki Gakirai as my silver medal because she really helped the writing in the show. And mm-hmm. Suki Gakirai could have gone to a really cheesy, really, really easy to mess up place, but it never did. And it was believable, and it was heartwarming. And a lot of people think that the writing of a show, oh, it's not that important. Yes, it is. I have thrown fits about writing in shows. But let's not even go there. Let's not even talk about that right now. Oh, no, we're coming full circle. Oh, 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 wait. This is going up after this, right? It is. Yeah, you want to see me mad at writing in a show? Go watch the free video. Um, uh, yeah. But Chris McGuire really brought Suki Gakirei up, especially for a show that is very slow, can be very dry. I know Hardy has had a hard time watching it because of that. Mm-hmm. And she slipped in some jokes that even I would believe, even if they are silly callbacks to other shows. Um... But they were done tastefully. However, 
sometimes the best writing comes from a duo you would never think to put together. With every yin, you must have every yang. But one of the best credits I can say for any writing is that you can't tell where one stops, the other one begins. I know where this is going. So for that, I must give it to, and especially in a year where one of these names came under what can be said may be un- undeserved heat. That goes to Bonnie Clinkenbeard and Jamie Markey for The Ancient Magus Bride. I cannot tell where Bonnie's writing ends and Jamie's begins. The amount to the incredible attention to detail in the writing of the show, they never make the show come and feel like it is out of place. And this this is another free situation. If the writing on this show was fucked up, I would have gone ballistic. Like, we would have gone to, like, Kim Jong-un hovering over the button levels of ballistic. Um, I, and I honestly had a big fear that Jamie Markey was going to write on the show, too. Um, I'll talk a lot more in depth about how I feel about Magus Bride when we do the video, but I have to give Bonnie and Jamie massive credit for the amount of respect and attention to detail on a dub that could easily be taken out of context. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Hardy, wow. your awards, please. Well, for my silver, I too chose Kristen McGuire, but for a different show. I chose okay. her for interviews with Monster Girls. Also, because... my mom just gave me cookies. Oh, nice. <laughs> because the, sh- the writing in that show... It's such a different subject that it would be very easily to get to mess up. But it didn't. It sounded natural. It sounded like things these little girls would actually say. At no point did it ever sound awkward or almost inhuman, which pun intended. Hmm. <laughs> And the fact that they were able the fact that they were able to make the phrase social justice warrior actually work and not sound painfully um, not sound just I'm sound like ha- using I'm, buzzwords. Right. To make it actually work to and make it and make it in the in the context for what it actually means. That was really impressive because it could have been so cringy and it wasn't. And so I think I have to give Kristen, Kristen my ultimate kudos for the writing for that show. For my gold, there are some people we have had issues with with on the show in the past. Okay. Especially with writing and this person in particular. We keep going back to when he doesn't do the best writing job but we also have given him major props for when he does it and god help me two years in a row i have to give my best writing award to j michael tatum for his role in aka 13 territory inspection department damn yes because it was such a dialogue heavy show 
There's so much talking in it, so many characters. It could have been so easy to mess up. But thankfully, it came out great. Everything sounds great. Everything flows naturally. It's just really strong writing from a writer that we've had issues with in the past. And, you know, with Tatum, when he does good, he does great. That's all I got to say. I think best writing for me was also rather difficult because I came down to two options for writing. Both of them are for scripts that are just downright phenomenal. But figuring out which one was better was the difficult part. My silver award for best writing. Hardy, I have to agree with you on J. Michael Tatum for Aka 13 Territory Inspection Department. Nice. It's a very dialogue-heavy show. Not only that, there are, with all of the different territories, the 13 territories, each one is distinct from the next. And the fact that the that Tatum made the script so distinct for each of those regions, too, is downright phenomenal. And when, like you were saying, when Tatum does well with his writing... He does very well with his writing, and it's n there's it's no exception here. Mm -hmm. However, my gold award for rest writing, again, this was not easy to decide between these two, goes to a show where one wrong move in the writing, or the directing front, actually, and the show falls flat on its face. It has... So many emotions, has so much heart, so much pain, so much loss. My gold award for best writing, I have to give it to Patrick Seitz for Anohana, the flower we saw that day. I know. It's but a I show. Like a Don't you dare. But th this show, when, when I originally watched it in Japanese, I felt so strongly connected with these characters that I ended up a sobbing mess by the end. Rewatching it in English a couple months ago, not only did I relive that, but then some. And a lot of it attributed to the writing. One, again, one false move in the writing department, and it would not have had a, a, as strong as an impact as it, the show has. So I have to commend Patrick Seitz for his writing on Anohana. Now, as for our other host awards, Noah decided to give his best writing award to the team of Bonnie Clunkenbeard and Emily Neves for Hyoka. Exceeds expectations in translating the Japanese phrases into natural English dialogue. Jet gave his best writing award. He specifically wrote Josh Greeley for Ghosting. Rock solid script that managed to make the show sound like a proper period piece without going overboard on the prose. Roots also gave Bonnie Clunkenbeard and Emily Neves his writing award for Hyoka for taking the inevitable task of adapting a series heavy on Japanese wordplay and stride and making tough calls that ultimately, ultimately caused the show's other selling points to shine. Gigi, I love you so much right now. Your <laughs> awards are amazing. Gigi's best writing award is for David Wald for Diabolic Lovers, More Blood. Of course. <laughs> he, here's what she says about it, though. My choice was so hard here. I almost wanted to give it to Tatum for Skippy because that script is genius. But for Wald, 
and one of his first times writing for an anime series, I'm sure scripting something as trashy as Diet 2 was hard. Or was it, winky face? Combined with the direction, this script made this Otome game-based sequel the most entertaining anime I watched this year. Bravo, bravo, fun police. Keep arresting us. We like it. <laughs> arresting us softly with his words. <laughs> Uh, Andrew decided to give his award to Patrick Seitz for Anohana as well. Many of the changes in dialogue and adaptation were notable enough, but still kept in character with each and everyone, making each interaction feel more endearing, funny, heartwarming, and heartbreaking from everyone. Patrick Seitz knows how to make it hurt so good. Uh, Sneeves decided to give his best writing award to Krista McGuire for interviews with Monster Girls. Mm -hmm. It sounds so naturalistic. Zenith gave his writing award, her writing award, excuse me, uh, to Kyle Kobe Jones for Food Wars. He managed to bring across natural dialogue the entire time. Amon decided to give his writing award to Emily Neves for Classroom of the Elite. Dialogue-heavy shows can be hard to pull off, but this gets the adaptation it deserves. Jamal also gave Kristen McGuire an award for interviews with Monster Girls. She combines the best qualities of Monica Rial with the worst qualities of Tyson Reinhardt, but still manages to keep the writing honest and sincere. Yikes. And then, <laughs> that's no, I'm not gonna lie. That's probably one of the harshest things I've heard said on this podcast since the one time Hardy described J. Michael Tatum as an angel on a mic, Stephen Foster on the script. Oh, of oh, how far we've come from that. And then Lack decided to give an award here. He gave it to Josh Greeley for Jojo's Bizarre Adventure: Stardust Crusaders. All right, our next award, best director. Yes, our Best Director Award. It's pretty self-explanatory, I would think. So, Megan, why don't you kick us off? I'm actually going to start with my gold medal for this one because it will surprise absolutely nobody. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that it is Chris Bevins for Aka 13. Um, surprise! Surprise! surprise. Dull, Dull surprise! surprise. Uh, what haven't I said nicely about this dub? Um, it is fantastic. Um, when I get to... Okay, guys, literally, you have to be like... Go Goku levels of oblivious to not understand what one of my awards is going to be. Um, but yes. <laughs> for the other one, this may actually surprise you. I may or may not have a history with a certain director. Ooh. I, Ooh. um... Oh boy, how do I put this nicely? Um, if you had asked me if I was ever going to give this man an award when we did the dubbies last year, my exact answer would be, are you fucking high? Oh, no. Um, and there have been times this year where I want to take the man by his shoulders, scream at him, and be like, what are you doing? You are an idiot. Put this bread on your ears. What are you? And have him reply back to me, an idiot sandwich. Then the I... summer came. Uh-oh. And I was surprised by something. And I said, maybe this guy isn't that bad. Maybe I've been a little too hard on him. Then the fall came. And one show went up and I was a little bit surprised to see him as a director. I know where this is going Mm -hmm. now. And then the second show that he was doing came up. I proceeded to lay on the floor and start crying. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. Because a a single finger on the monkey's paw had curled. But I think that this person is no longer the monkey's paw. 
I think that that has been destroyed because somebody has proven himself this year. Who the fuck is Kyle? <laughs> yeah! That's who. That's fucking who. <laughs> Kyle Phillips yeah, has yeah. turned my opinion on him around as a director. I'm guessing we're talking about Magus Bride. Fuck yes, we're talking about Magus Bride. We have to make the distinction known, okay? Okay, look. Calm look, down. Okay, I'm sorry. I Did I have issues with the Dragon Maid dub? Yes. But at the end of the day, it wasn't as bad as people made it out to be and overblew a lot of those issues. Do I still have certain issues with it? Yes, but that is based on my entire experience as a peer person and my own cultural context of that writing. Didn't watch the spring show. I thought Centaur's Life is an underrated dub. Thought it was, it got a dub better than it fucking deserved to be for a show that goddamn weird. Kino's Journey, do some people have flaw with it? Yeah, but it's still a really good show. But goddamn did Kyle Phillips knock it out of the park with Magus Bride. I don't want another director on Magus Bride. I'm going to be pissed if he has a sequel show to another show coming up in uh, in winter that they take him away from this on. You will chain him to that desk and make him direct I mean, that fucking show. I mean, Overlord is Your a thing Overlord that can suck my dick. You shut your whore mouth, I want my Overlord. My Bone Daddy is better than your Bone Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, no he's not. Yes, he is. <laughs> On the uh, on the on the list of phrases I never ever think I'd hear myself ever hear. That's pretty high. Oh my god! I want a shirt from you, Hardy, that just says "My Bone Daddy is better than your Bone Daddy" with a picture of Elias. Yeah. Or my he my my Bone Daddy can beat up your Bone Daddy. Right. My bone daddy oh is prettier than your bone daddy. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oy vey. All right, Hardy. I'm pain from laughing that hard. <laughs> all right, Hardy. Uh, what are your uh, awards for I just want to put record? that on my Twitter and all that. Good night, everybody. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, Hardy. Come on, uh, let's go. All right. I don't know how I'm supposed to follow that, to be perfectly honest. Very hard. You're going to have to try. You need to come yeah. from behind, Hardy. Oh, my. Uh, <laughs> Let Erwin right. give you his one hand. Anyways. <laughs> when it comes to directors, we all have our favorites. And some are a bit more experimental than others. Like you could say, like some such as Kyle Phillips or Sonny Strait. Uh, they took some getting used to, but eventually they did find their stride. Well, we still have others, however, who are always consistent. That's why Fevins is in mine. Right. And so, for my silver award, I had to give it to Miss Caitlin Glass for Soccer Request. Okay. Because not only was it a consistently good dub, I found no major flaws with it. And also, she went above and beyond outside the booth in order to get the voice actors uh, 
better involved with the show. Like she did Sakura Quest Fest every week where she would invite the voice actors over and do a Periscope show. There are other things she did with that show, but when I do my thoughts about the whole year in anime as a thing, I'll bring that up. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, it's one thing to have a brave new director. It's another thing to have someone who's just really consistently good. And that's why I have to give this to Caitlin for Sakura Quest. Not the most adventurous award, but I think it's one that she definitely deserves. For my gold, till this very morning, it was still two shows from this one director. And I, it was like cutting off my arm trying to get rid of one of them because we could always they were get that both... titan that ripped off Irwin's to help yeah stop you know. it yeah never <laughs> but i mean it's like because there's this one director directed two different shows that both deserve this award equally for different reasons okay one because it was released on such a breakneck pace that had to be done same day and yet had to be done with a lot of manic energy and a lot of, of clever, fast-paced writing and acting. And yet, it was able, and yet this person was able to do it consistently. The other one was from a show that, from the previous year that had a sequel coming out. And so he, this person had to direct a lot of episodes really fast in order to catch up with the new simuldub. Both of them are excellently done. Really hard to choose between the two different shows. But in the end, I had to go for the what I felt was the general overall better show. And Pootie Tang? Yes, obviously. It's yeah, it's obviously it's it's Chris Rock for Pootie Tang. That's my choice. No. I thought I thought it was gonna be Beverly Hills Cop. I'm so disappointed. Not Beverly Hills Cop, Beverly Hills Ninja. There's a difference. Oh my uh, god, I'm sorry. Well actually But anyways regardless of which show I had to pick, the answer for the person was clear. And well, what do you at think the end of the, the director, day, Hardy? We had to go with our honorary dub talk member, resident gremlin child, and king of Explodo kills himself, a Mr. Clifford Ch- Turtle Power, <laughs> the one and only Clifford Chapin for New Game. Aww. Yay! Yes. We have said some things about Clifford in the past. Um, so many things. We've most of them accurate, death. to be honest. But... <laughs> I don't know if he would argue with us on some of them. Uh, Somewhere out in Dallas, he Texas. Pro- there are probably Chapin. some things he would he would kill us for, though. Yes. Let's Somewhere out but, in, in Dallas, be- Texas. Clifford Chapin sits on his couch, cubby at his feet. He's reading his Spider-Man comics. He feels a, he feels a disturbance in the force as he looks up, and he goes, God damn it, Hardy. <laughs> but I... In all seriousness, um, all jokes aside, there has been no other director this of the past year who has impressed me more than Clifford Chapin. And I, I can say that with any show that he touched, whether it was My Hero Academia Season 2, whether it was Occubus Trip, but especially New Game was in what I felt uh, his, his best effort as of 2017. So, Chris, uh, Cliff, your dubby is actually uh, 
in the form of taking a fucking nap. <laughs> Go the fuck to sleep. sleep. God damn, child. Oh, my turn, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. You ready for this one, kitties? So, my silver award for best directing in a dub. It's a very obvious choice. From a show that is, again, still so memorable, even a year after it came out. Hentai Heaven? Yes, exactly. Woo! No. <laughs> slide it in, Lilac, slide it in. <laughs> Cluck like a chicken. chicken. Your dumb, dumb talk. Sorry. Your dumb talk is uh, is an enormous egg. <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, um, for the show that this is, that this award falls under, um, it's dialogue heavy, it's political heavy, it's very dramatic. Is dramatic? It's very. <laughs> Shut up. And it's very diverse in terms of casting. To be able to pull all this stuff, all of these qualities off, and in a phenomenal way, is a difficult undertaking. However, Christopher Bevins did that in stride with Akka 13 Territory Inspection Department. By God, it's one of my favorite shows from the past year. I have to find the manga now because it's actually licensed in North America. Yen Press. Damn happy right now, but um, it's it's a phenomenal, phenomenal directing job on Bevins's part, and I highly applaud him for it. Now, my gold winner for best directing. This was this is probably the easiest choice I had throughout the entire entire awards actually, because. I've pretty much seen every single thing that this director has done in the past year, save for one show. And each and every project that this individual has touched has been phenomenal and has exceeded my expectations. To be fair, I'm gonna have to pick one show and I'll pick that in a second, but, and don't say anything until I finish this question. What do Akiba's trip Alice and Zoroku, My Hero Academia Season 2, Gosik, New Game, and Genocidal Orger, or Organ, excuse me, have in common. Feed us with a flamethrower turtle power. Uh, Matt Shipman, um, trash that Lilac likes. Um, <laughs> things oh, that Lord. Lilac will waste her income on. I'll take uh, varmints for 100, 100. Alex. <laughs> you guys I are I will take terrible. one drugs, please. <laughs> I hate you guys right now. Uh, no, they're obviously all things in which were dubbed at Funimation. <laughs> God damn you. Oh, uh, wait, no, 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 no. I think I got this. I think I got this. They were all, right, all one more things... Shot. That Cubby the dog listened to. <laughs> now we you all know, know you, the but... shit that Cliff directed. <laughs> Legit though, you're probably not wrong about the Cubby one. <laughs> Truly, that means the best director of the year is Cubby the dog. 
No, okay. I mean, have you seen okay. her face? She is precious. Cubby is precious. No. Throughout the entire year, Cliff has shown the most consistency and has blown my blown blown these dubs out of the water. <laughs> my it's insane. Um how phenomenal each and every single one of these are. Especially especially considering the schedule that he probably had to keep with all of them. Let's be honest here. The one show, though, I have to positively give this award to was the most ambitious of the group. In terms of the show itself, its writing, and its casting. The show that I actually have, want to give this award to Excuse me for being biased. I have to give it to Gosick. In all honesty. <clears throat> I wonder why. Uh-huh. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> Something got my throat. <coughs> <Frog>. <coughs> Mysteries. <coughs> um, no, but in terms of I mean, of Gosick, that show was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of bitches were set on fire, fire. let's face it. I mean, um, it even set the alarm off in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> No, but Cliff has so much passion for every single show that he does. And he make he wants to make sure it is a damn good show. In terms of Gosick, again, it had probably among all of these from this year, the most ambitious cast. Because he not only had the Dallas regulars, he went as far as pulling in people from California. Houston, and New York, of all places. Hell, let's get more specific and talk about Adam Rowe, who's from motherfucking Connecticut, and is actually a good friend of his from, like, many years. Cliff, I hope you're listening to this right now. I am not sorry for anything I've said. (laughs) Shut up. I'm having a moment. I hope you're listening to this right now. You and I have been chatting for the past year, back and forth, and... I feel like I've gotten to know you as a director and more as a human being. Personally, I consider you a friend. I hope you consider me a friend to you. And as a friend, I say this with love, okay? I have high expectations of you from now on. As one of the newer directors who has grown the most, I would think, in the past couple of years. I have high expectations of you from here on out. And I know you're going to step step up to the plate and you will not disappoint. So, with that being said, congratulations, sir. <laughs> Take your dubby in the form of a nap. Yep. Yes, please. Go to fuck to sleep. Please. And don't worry, you- I promise I will buy genocidal organ as soon as possible. Yes, I know um, we probably haven't talked about it yet. Genocide of Oregon is honestly a really good film, and the dub is spectacular. Oh, I remember one of my other drama contenders was actually Josh Greeley for Genocide of Oregon. Oh, wow. Shoot. Yeah, I had like, again, I had like eight or nine, ten contenders for that one award. Um, but yeah, Cliff, you're, you're, you are flat out amazing, and I know you're not going to disappoint anytime soon, or ever for that matter. Just please. Mm-hmm. Please take a nap. Mm-hmm. Please do us all a favor before you just run yourself ragged. Please. 
Um, Steffi, you're still not getting his Bud Light, though. What? <laughs> what? What? You haven't heard, you haven't heard those commercials? No. Where the guy's like, you know, I love you, Dad, and Dad turns to his son. It's like you're not getting my Bud Light. We've, I've I've gotten all sappy and sentimental long enough. Do you um, need me to make you laugh? No, because I'm about to read the other host's awards. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> we got to keep this going. So, in terms of other best director awards from our other fellow cohorts. Uh, we're going back to Cliff again, because Noah decided to give his award to call the team of Colleen Klingenbeard and Clifford Chapin for My Hero Academia Season 2. On top of cranking out the dub in record time, the juggling act of funny and serious moments is maintained and excellent at throughout a season even better than the first. Jet gave his award to Patrick Seitz for Anohana. He really excels when it comes to directing dramas and the range of emotions he was able to get out of the actors during the show's climax was incredible. Great stuff. Roots gave his Best Director Award to Tony Oliver for P Fate Apocrypha. Next, we have Gigi again. I fucking love you. Uh, Gigi decided to give her Best Director Award to Christopher Ayers for Diabog Lovers More Blood. If it weren't for his Devil May Care directing style choice for this dub, it would have been a mess like season one. He knew what the fans wanted and gave it to them in spades. Bless him for making Dia 2 the hashtag shoujo trash it deserved to be. Next, from Andrew, he actually decided to give his directing award to Caitlin Glass for Sakura Quest, for essentially the same reasons as you, Hardy. Uh -huh. The amount of passion and behind-the-scenes I got insight got... Ah, I got sight into... Wow. From this one gave me a clear image of how dedicated and passionate a director Caitlin is. Excellent work all around. Uh, Sneebs went with Christopher Bevins for Aka 13. From what I saw, the use of the cast was amazing. Zenith gave her award to Kyle Kobe Jones for... Umaru-chan. Despite me hating this show, the dub was fantastic. Amon gave his award to Kyle Phillips for The Ancient Magus Bride. And his, and his description, hot dang, it's all I wanted and more. <laughs> Thanks, Amon. Jamal, here's a bit of a dark horse one. Jamal seems to always have the dark horse ones, and I love them. Um, he actually gave it to Dave Trosko for Anime I Guitarist. knew it! <laughs> He combines the sincerity of Aaron Dismuke with the casting ability of Sunny Strait, and it is on full display here. And Lack gave his award to Tony Oliver for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crew Satyrs. So, we are down to, what are we up to now? We've got four awards left. Is it time for This Is Fine? It is sure time is. for This Is Fine. Insert so, gif of Elmo on fire. Elmo with fire <laughs> behind him and the dog. <laughs> Damn it. So the This Is Fine Award, this is an award that we started up last year. And essentially, Hardy, you're the original creator, I think, of this award, right? No, I'm not. I was. I, I came up with Golden Ham. I think Megan did okay. This Is Fine. So basically what Someone This Is did. Fine is, is that this is a dub that when you put it down on paper and you look at it, you kind of have that image, that meme of Wendy with the piece of paper that says, what the fuck am I reading? <laughs> But when you sit and you listen to it, you're like, why is this working? This has no right to work. What? This is fine. Dot JPEG. Yeah. Basically, it's on paper. It looks like a train wreck. But once you see it happen in real time, you're like, wait a minute. This is actually really good. What the hell? But you don't actually kind of want to admit that you like it. <laughs> so with that underway, All my right. silver award goes to A Centaur's Life. 
Because in that show, when you're three, you're basically your three biggest actors are Jade Saxton, Tia Ballard, and Caitlin Glass. Two of them are basically minor lesbians, and one is a talking snake woman who doesn't show up till episode four. I would arguably say Alex Moore is in there too. But you get a dub that's as endearing and fun. Also, Tabitha Ray playing three different children and sounding crazily distinct, and I thought one was Monica at one point. Like, it didn't have, at that point, like, and it's a weird, also, it's a weird-ass fucking show that doesn't deserve a dub as good as it got. So, there's my silver award, but there is only one anime this year that deserves my This Is Fine award. Okay. I have seen the face of God, and it kicked me the fuck out of heaven. Oh, no. And threw me into the hands of a devil named Trosco. Oh no! Who sat in his studio yes. with his little devil horns, his hand brewed IPA beer, and said, "Hey, do you guys want to review Seven Mortal Sins?" <laughs> Seven Mortal Sins has no right being as endearing and funny as a dub, and as good as a dub as it could have been. And people spat some pretty nasty vile at it about saying. How dare Dave Trosco not cast bigger name actresses? Doesn't he care about his fans? No, Dave Trosco cared about this show, and he gave the show what it deserves. A dove that is equal parts endearing and funny with actresses who may you may not have heard of, some of them who almost actually missed my best newcomer awards. Nicole Endicott, Ariel O'Neill, um You I'm blanking on your name. Jamal, you can correct me in the comments, but the woman who plays Greed, who brought her milkshakes to all the boys in the yard. I mean, I heard Don Bennett nearly fight, fight a woman in space. Shit was crazy. Jade Saxton fucking raps! <laughs> <laughs> Jade Saxton has an honest-to-God rap battle against oh Nicole Edicott in this show. Madeline wow. Morris, I don't know why Madeline Morris' character is there, but she is. And there's a lesbian named Mina that made Andrew cry. What is there not to like about the dub of Seven Mortal Sins? It's wow. not the best dub. It is not something that I'm proud I said I watched. But goddamn, did Dave Trosco at least make it entertaining. This is fine. <laughs> damn, okay. Wow. I currently set my actual house on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure you have Our, your coffee cup ready. <laughs> All right, Hardy, what is I, your I do award winner? off down there. Can I replace alcohol coffee with alcohol? Uh, sure, why not? Yay! <laughs> yeah, this is fine. Has always been a award that I've kind of had a problem coming up with things for, because I, either I like it or I don't. It's it, un, you know, strange casting choices aside. It, it is difficult sometimes to come up with it, but. For me, for my silver award, I gave it to 18 If. Because really, there are, oh, only, yeah. there are really only three recurring main characters in the show. Yes. And the rest of it is an episodic... Um, acid trip? Acid trip, basically, yes. but it's, Honestly, it is an acid trip. <laughs> every single episode deals with a different different subject and it's all handled by a different director and i think even they did that in the dub to where different directors directed different episodes of the dub Mm -hmm. 
and the show is just I don't even know what it is it, it, it's interesting at times it devolves into a human uh, it devolves into a massive pile of crap at the end it, it devolves into a thing that exists but don't you Real. know it's so meta hardy yeah but I mean every single episode brought is based around a new female lead character and so they had to bring in a different actress for every time and it sounds like something that would fall apart and, and in terms of the story and animation it most certainly did but the dub always worked who knew you know and it also was fun always fun to hear uh, j michael tatum play a dapper uh manly cat person so yeah buddy like literally a cat person not a person who yeah, owns cats a person jade saxton it is not but, you know, there are ports where it comes close, like the, um, oh, God, the idol school prison thing. Oh, my God. It was like Love Live mixed with prison school. Yeah. And it's then Nico Yazawa uh, was found dead in Miami. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and Rico Fajardo's character actually knocks out a bunch of females with his um, Dick? spunk. Oh! Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes, that, that is a thing that happened. That oh, happened. yeah. Oh, and I so, didn't know yeah. he liked mayonnaise on his bread. Psh. Oh, Lord. Anyways, no, for my gold award, however. Okay. Um, back when Crunchyroll first announced that they were going to be making dubs for some of their series. This is before the Funimation, Funimation even got involved. Mm-hmm. There was one show in particular that raised a lot of eyebrows. How on earth do you dub Gintama? Oh. And not only were they dubbing Gintama, starting with season three, but they got Ocean Group to do it. That's a second flag that popped up. So, I mean... Remember, the last dub that was done in Canada was Kingdom, and the less said about that dub, the better. And so, obviously, you have a show that is, quote-unquote, possibly undubbable, being dubbed by a studio that is hit or miss at best. And then you listen to it. And it works. It's actually a very well-produced dub. And who knew? Yeah. So more than anything, it's this is fine. I'm okay with this. This is a thing that is that has happened that I am I'm I'm pleasantly surprised with. Okay. Mm-hmm. My turn. My turn. Your turn. My turn. So this is fine. The two shows I picked, they are for different reasons. My silver award goes to a show where, even before it started, even with all the hype, there were a lot of problems with it. Especially from the manga it's based off of. Oh. But god damn it, if Black Clover isn't actually a goddamn decent dub better than the show <laughs> it deserves. Is. Dear god, I mean, I salute you, Chris George, for this. You have made... You're, make, you're in the middle of making a dub that is just really good. And it's actually making the shore much more tolerable. I mean, the, mm-hmm. f- the, f- the fact, the fact 
that Dallas Reed makes Asta more of a tolerable character compared to the Japanese version says a lot. Asta is like the male version of Aqua from Netajay. They're both just sentient bricks. <laughs> and then other parts of the show are great too. I love Mark Micah's You Know. I love uh, the black the squad of black bulls is just so much fun. Where Ian Sinclair, because I didn't see Ian Sinclair's Magna in in the Japanese. I've heard that one's just as bad as Asta, though, in Japanese. To make him tolerable is fantastic. To see Jill Harris as Noelle is awesome. To see Sabbat as um, Yagami is fan-fucking-tastic Dave, as well. Si- Dave Trosko, sister fucker. Sister fucker, we have... Who else we got? We got Justin Briner. We Jer- got... Uh, Brandon McGinnis. Lid- Brandon McGinnis. Lydia Mackey's in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Wiedenhaft... We have Jared Green basically just breathing heavy the entire fucking time. And Mike McFarlane. The quietest motherfucker. No, Mike McFarlane as the world's best animated Marilyn Manson cosplayer. Yes. Silent but deadly. But yeah. Just like my fart. (laughs) Jesus. Black Clover is a dub that the show does not deserve. But it's a thing. And... On paper, even dubbing this seems like a behemoth of a task. So, this dub is perfectly fine to me. However, my gold award goes to a show where its first season was a damn near train wreck. But its second season made up for it for directing and writing alone. And also the addition of more boys. Oh... My <laughs> God, did Gigi just possess you? Um, no. But <laughs> do I need to king shame you? No, you are not king shaming me right now. Only Jesus can king shame me, Megan. You can't stop me. <laughs> that boy, but... that girl ain't right. All right. Boy, mm-hmm. My my winner of the This Is Fine Award actually has to go to Diabog Lovers More Blood for taking a show that was that taking a dub that was awful. mediocre that was awful was mediocre at best for the first season and then dialing it up to eleven but in the best possible way <laughs> by making it campy and hammy and just oh so much fun. And a lot of the credit for that, I honestly believe, has to go to Chris Ayers and David Wald as the director and the writer for that. Because they knew what they were getting into, and they just had so much fun with it. They made the cast members have so much fun with it. The um, additions to the cast, those being Adam Gibbs, Bryson Boggess, Andrew Love, and um, Greg Ayers. Phenomenal. So much fun. And this dub suddenly became... A good dub for once. Mm-hmm. Like this, this Diabug Lovers More Blood. This is fine. I'm fine with this. So I had to give it my award here. Um, and as for other award winners, so Noah gave his This Is Fine award to my first girlfriend is a gal in taking an otherwise repulsive cock tease and making it the most entertainment re- release every week the dub elevates the story the series beyond its original script into comedy immortality and immorality <laughs> jet actually gave his this is fine award to ushio and tora 
A lot of the casting choices here seemed more than a little strange, but it came out pretty great, and I was especially surprised with David Matranga and John Swayze here. Roots gave his award to Umaru-chan, a cast list that didn't look like it'd work on paper ended up being tied for my number two home video dub of the year with Hyoka. Uh, Gigi actually gave hers to Haikyuu. Not, was I, not what I was expecting at all, but it's definitely a dub I am enjoying to the fullest. Andrew, similar to Megan, decided to give his award to A Centaur's Life. And what he states is, The more I reflect on Centaur's Life, the more I realize what a shockingly mediocre anime this turned out to be pedestrian-wise. Presentation-wise, excuse me. That being said, a shockingly unique and unconventional cast really helped me through this mediocre show and enjoy much more than I would have in Japanese, and that in itself of wor is worthy of an award. Jamal said Seven Mortal Sins, a blend of very unusual casting, some fun moments in the booth, and a rapping Jade Saxon wins all. Told you, man. Um, so these next two awards, they're Dub of the Year awards, one being for broadcast dub, the other for home video. I To preface this, this is actually the last year that these two awards are going to remain separate. Next year, because the thing is, the line between broadcast dub and home video is becoming so blurred that at this point, we're going to have to put them as one award, in, award entirely. So, for the very last time, let's talk about best dub of the year for a broadcast dub. Megan. Will you please kick us off? I will kick us off by saying that my silver medal broadcast dub of the year is going to The Ancient Magus Bride. It is a dub that I really want to talk about more, but we have an episode that we're going to do. I will just say this. The writing is very good. The acting is very good. And it is also, honest to God, one of the ballsiest simul dubs there is. Because when people said, oh, the way that they put Black Clover was ballsy by putting two actors who had not led like big time shonen shows before if you actually look it up on ann i believe the ancient magus bride is the only show with a simul dub that's in their top five for best anime of the year that isn't a fucking sequel yeah to say that they went ballsy with magus bride's casting is an understatement I applaud Kyle Phillips and his incredible acting, writing, directing, and mixing team on this that makes this show more enjoyable than the sub at times to me. There is only one way they could fuck this up, and it's in episode 11. Don't do it. My, But there is one show that stands above all of their broadcast dubs, and honestly... I think it is not just the best broadcast dub of the year. It's the best fucking dub of the year. And it's the best fucking anime that came out this year. And that is Aka 13 Territory Inspection Department. I don't care what anyone says. This dub is almost impenetrable for a show that was being dubbed for maybe like what? Two to four weeks after it was episodes were premiering in Japan? Yeah. To take a show this dialogue heavy... A show where if you miswrite one line of dialogue, you will fuck up the entire twist of this show. And the only flaw that we actually found in the show is something that can be fixed in post-home video production. 
the fact that Chris Bevins got a show that could li- that was teetering on a knife's edge of fuck upable that he didn't makes it the number one broadcast of this year. All right, mm-hmm. Hardy. Yeah, I also have to give my silver award to Aka Thirteen for most of the same reason that that Megan already listed. Um, it's just so much dialogue, and yet it never seems slow. It never, it never seems boring. Um, political th- thrillers really aren't my style, but I was hooked on this from beginning to end. And all in all, it's just a really good quality production. However, you'll notice that this was only my silver. And for my gold award, I'm going low-hanging fruit. Most boring choice imaginable. But the best dub, arguably, that I saw this year... Is Pootie Tang? Is Pootie Tang, of course. Yay! (laughs) Sweet! It is one that we had to hide from our viewers for three months. And it's not for a TV show... It's for a movie. The best dub Mm. of the year is for your name. Sure, it might not be a very inspired choice, but as far as sheer production goes, it's it's number one, in my opinion. It's like my number three, but we're not going to say anything. (laughs) Okay. Um, Why are we whispering? I don't understand. Anyway, my turn. So, honestly, it goes without saying what my number one broadcast dub award should go to. Pootie Tang! Yes! Pootie Tang! Um, I may as well just start with that. Um, my gold winner for best dub for a broadcast dub is also Akka, 13 Territory Inspection Department. For every goddamn reason Megan just said. <laughs> it just blew my expectations out of the water. It was phenomenal from start to finish. I am now practically obsessed with the show and a lot of it attributes yeah, to the like, dub. None of us who have watched the show can actually talk that much about the show to sell you on it because it would ruin the show. Yes. Akka is one of those shows that you just have to experience yourself to mm-hmm. be perfectly honest. Just shut yeah. the fuck up and watch it and don't yeah. stop. And, and, and cook yourself some nice toast and jam when you watch it too. And yes. cake. Mm-hmm. And cake. Plenty of cake. Um, my silver award winner though um is for a broadcast or simul dub excuse me that was pretty ambitious casting wise but it also it's also able despite the ambitious casting where you might question some things it was so good at pulling at your heartstrings making it relatable bible black I'm going to murder you right now. (laughs) Sorry, Mom. Making it relatable and just... Just kicking you in the emotional feels. My silver award for best broadcast up of the year has to go to Suki Gakure. Yay! The moment I saw the casting and I saw that Sunny Strait was the director... I knew it was in good hands. Because if Sonny Stray has taught me anything in the past couple years, he can do it. <laughs> he can direct good stuff. Very good stuff. Um, but with Suki Gakure, 
it's a show that somehow ended up becoming so relatable. Maybe because I'm still, I'm in my mid twenties or so, going it going into late twenties, and it's there are moments where it feels like I experienced what these kids are going through only two days ago or the day before, you know, and. I applaud Sonny and Kristen McGuire and the cast and crew of this show for making it relatable and making it something that emotionally strong. Yeah, there's not really much else to say there. Um, for other awards, Noah gave his best broadcast dub award to New Game. Started cute and fluffy, then elevated to a mirror of many of our own fears and anxieties as young adults finding our place in the world. Equal parts fluffy, adorable, and very relatable daily struggles. Jet decided to give his best dub award for broadcast dub to Junie Tyson's Zodiac War. I wasn't expecting this to be as solid as it was, but all the characters sounded really distinct, and the performances themselves are just as strong, and when it comes to dubs with ensemble casts, that's all I can really ask for. For Roots, this is obviously not a surprise because he's just as obsessed with the show as we are. Uh, Aka, 13 Territory Inspection Department. Probably one of the best consistently solid fun dubs Funimation has produced, period. For Gigi, she picked Gamers. This dub was definitely better than the show deserved. In the Japanese, I didn't care for this at all, but in English, it made me actually care about these characters, which is my standard for an amazing dub. Plus, it gave me the best ship ever. It's still sailing away. Dun. Damn it, Gigi. Dun, 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 dun. Jesus. Andrew decided to give his award to New Game. This was a show I didn't realize I loved as much as I did until I got to rewatch. I think by the end of the show, I adored every single voice actor in the cast. They sounded fantastic. Script, dub, performances, all a labor of love and passion. And for that, it stands out as my favorite broadcast dub of the year. Steve's gave his to My Hero Academia Season 2, as did Zenith. Amon gave his to The Ancient Magus Bride. Jamal decided to give his to New Game. The cast and crew had so much fun working on this, and it really shows in the end product. Also, Carly Mosier's antics ex Hazuki is really fun to watch. We got two awards left. It's time to talk about the best dub for a home video release. I'm Megan. try to make this as fast as humanly possible. We've been going on forever. Oh my god, this is going to be the longest dubbies ever, but I know a decent chunk of it is getting cut out, so... Yep. Um, I'm going to do my, my best. My runner-up for best home video of the year goes to a show that you all forced me to watch. And I'm happier that I did it. Anohana the Flower We Saw That Day is probably one of the best dubs Anaplex has ever produced, and is the only one that makes me want to buy it for the absurd price that it's at. Um, every member of the cast was on point. The writing was on point. The directing was on point. Um, they were, it was just like, there are other certain things in other shows that really just bump them out of individual categories. But in terms of a home video release that's like super solid, that's my silver medal. Anohana is great. If you're missing the dub of Anohana, what's wrong with you? Then again, you may just not be ready for it yet. Um, it is emotionally uh... taxing. Yeah, like I think my I'm exact reaction. No, literally, I think my exact reaction when I got off on the last episode was immediately to just pick up my phone and call Andrew, and he's like, "So how'd it go?" And my only answer for him was just, "Fuck." 
<laughs> yeah, it, it, like it was hits just you. like I was just like, fuck, like I could not process what was going on. However, there's one other home video dub this year to me that came out that stood above Anohana. While both of these are dubs that we have we anime fans have been waiting for for years, Anohana may hit me like a truck, but there's something to be said when a dub makes me cry over anime and manga's discussion as importance in media. Oh my god, yes. I there's a reason why Jill Harris came back and took Rachel Robinson over. Hyoka is my favorite home video and the best home video release that came out to me this year. It was worth every second of the wait. And like I said in the episode, I'm happier that it came out when it did because I don't think you could put another cast on it and have the dub be this good. It was one of the most impeccably written shows from top to bottom, had a great creative cast, put a lot of heart into its performance. And honestly, if you haven't seen the show, you need to check it out. All right, Hardy. Well, my two choices are a bit strange because I actually have a couple of comedies here. Okay, that's and fine. For Home Vice Silver Award, I'm kind of even scratching my head as to why I picked this out. Like, it's like it's a great dub, but it's for a show that you would not expect it. Especially okay. for your cho- my choice for best dub of the year. But in the runner-up spot, I couldn't help myself. I had to put Himoto Umaru-chan. Help yourself to some potato chips and cola. Because cola! 90% of it because of Emily Neve's amazing performance as Umaru. The rest of the dub is just on point. There are... It's not a perfect dub, but it's the most heartfelt. And I think Kyle Colby Jones did a great job with everyone involved here. And like I said, I don't think I could ever say the words cola or potato chips the same way ever again. And so, yep, my second place dub goes to the little Kigurumi shit gremlin. (laughs) (laughs) But for my culture. Even inside Hardy, there is a little Kigurumi wearing shit gremlin. Yes. Wearing it likes a, Pootie Tang. Yeah. And wears <laughs> goat pajamas. Yes. Please but, draw that. But for, <laughs> for my home video award, I fought so hard. I wanted so badly for this to be on the Viewer's Choice Award. Because from the moment I watched it, it was clear that this was my favorite dub that has been released this year. And just there is not one thing I was able to find wrong with it. There's, it hits on so many emotions. It's funny. It's it's heart wrenching. It's 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 just, and it flips its emotions on a dime. Several sometimes within the same sentence, and believe it or not, it actually gave us probably a pair of the best dub songs ever written. I can't give this to Skip Beat. This nice. is a show I knew nothing about going into it. I just decided, uh, hey, I'd back it on Kickstarter for the hay. And because I because I really appreciate Pied Piper and, and Anne, um, 
and what they've done with their Kickstarter campaigns, uh, especially for Time of Eve, was really good product. And so I knew it was in good hands. And, and the end result was just absolutely phenomenal. And I really, really want more people to watch it because it's such a good dub. Hopefully in six months down the road from here on out, when, um, when, the, the, um, uh, when the release becomes available to more people outside of the Kickstarter, hopefully more people will be able to watch it and enjoy it and, and just really uh, enjoy it as Appreciate much as I did. It. Appreciate it just as much as I did. I think and, that's uh, the biggest reason why it wasn't on the fan vote was we, we could not, like, yeah. yeah. Skip, we could not, we honestly, yeah, honestly, we couldn't on good conscience put it on the fan vote because it's not available to a, the wide, the general public yet. Yeah, and it was like so cutting it, it, off it would, fingers would, at that point. Yeah, at that point, it, it unfortunately, if we were to put it in there this year, it would end up in a losing battle. Yeah. So that's the reason why it's not in the fan vote this year. Yeah. Um, but anyway, in six months, everyone go watch Skip Beats Dub. It's really great. You won't regret it. Oh, boy. My two choices for home video of the year are probably exactly what you'd expect from me. But I don't care. They're my picks. I do what I want. Mm-hmm. I'm the boss around here. <laughs> so my silver, medal, my silver medal award winner goes to an English dub that was one of the more ambitious projects that came out this year. Something rather mythical, if you want to describe it as such. Something rather mysterious, if you want to describe it as such. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be, despite a lot of things going on with it, I enjoyed it nonetheless. I'm going to give my silver medal for best dub for home video release to Gosick. The casting is so much fun, the writing is so much fun. Again, talking about Cliff as a director, you can tell that a lot of passion went into this dub and a lot of time and effort because they all knew. They knew that it was something special. They wanted to make sure it was done right. And I think they did. So for that, I have to give it my silver medal for best dub of the year, home video. But the gold award for best dub of the year goes to a show that kicks you in the emotional feels and it's some of the most relatable stuff that you could possibly see portrayed in anime and it's one where despite having five or six characters you're always able to relate to just one and in the end you might just might be just you might find what you're looking for with it I have to give my my prize award here to Anohana, the flower we saw that day. It's an outstanding dub with amazing direction, amazing writing, casting, performances, the whole nine yards. And like Megan said, this is probably one of the few times where I am tempted to go buy it from Aniplex, despite the ridiculous prices. Fuck their prices. <laughs> I want that blooper reel, damn it. But Anohana is just beautiful from start to finish and more people need to go see it so that's why i have to give my big award to anohana so as for our other hosts noah decided to give his award to anohana as well 
encapsulates the highs and lows of this tragic tissue box of a TV show. It will make you tear up, and it will make you feel like a human being again. Jet gave his award to Anohana. Not much to say here other than Patrick Sice has done it again, and all the performances here were wonderful. He really knows how to get the most out of actors when it comes to dramas. Roots decided to give his award to Ushio and Tora. Gigi went the same route as Hardy and decided to give her award to Skip Beat. This is the rarity of not having a single character I wanted to punch in the face because the voice was annoying. Even the little girls, which never ever happens. The Skip Dub... Skip Beat Dub... Mouthful right there. Was a passion project and a labor of love, and it shows. It also has the best English dub ending song in an anime that I have ever watched. Congrats to everyone involved. Andrew also went the route of Anohana, stating there is not a single thing in this dub I did not like. It is the closest thing I can physically think of in regard to a perfect dub from this year. It was phenomenal. Zenith decided to go with One Piece Film Gold. Amon gave his award to Ushio and Tora. And Jamal decided to give his to, and this is actually one of my contenders early on, Code Geass, Akito the Exiled. Stellar cast with Genie Tirado and Micah Solosad as the leads and European accents galore makes this OVA series emotionally engaging to watch. Also, French Brenable is a plus. Now, we have one more award of the night. It's the and one we've all been waiting for. That I can't believe you've sat through nearly four hours of this for. Hopefully not four hours once I'm done editing. <laughs> oh no, the recording is like four hours long, by the way. No, no, I noticed. But again, I have to edit this sucker, so hopefully it's not going to be four fucking hours. Um, so, our final Viewer's Choice Award, the dub of the year. To remind you what our ten, what our ten nominees are for this category... We have Akka, 13 Territory Inspection Department, with Christopher Bevins as the director. We have Anohana, the flower we saw that day, with Patrick Seitz as the director. Code Gigas, Akito the Exiled, with Donald Schultz as the director. Haikyuu, with Kyle Kobe Jones, Shannon Reed, and John Swayze as the directing team. Himoto Umaru-chan, with Kyle Kobe Jones as director. Hiyoka, with Mike McFarland and Chris George. Mob Psycho 100 with Chris Kaysen as director. My Hero Academia Season 2 with Colleen Clinkenbeard and Clifford Chapin. New Game with Clifford Chapin and Caitlin Glass. And Your Name with Stephanie Shea and Michael Sinternicholas as directors. And the winner of the W Award for the Viewer's Choice of Fan... Uh, viewer's Choice of Dub of the Year is... Uh, drum roll, drum, please. Drum, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. My Hero Academia Season 2, directed by Colleen Clinkenbeard and Clifford Chapin. Yay! Mm -hmm. Congratulations, guys, nice. and to everyone involved in the show itself. We extend one plus ultra. Yeah. One plus ultra to you, except for you, Bakugo, because you're trash. Shh. I'm going to murder you. I will We're see you in Boston. <laughs> Yes, congratulations to the cast and crew of My Hero Academia Season 2. Your official W will be in the mail. No, it's not. We don't have a legit thing. Uh, <laughs> I wish we did. Unless um, we can mail, like, little paper Ws. <laughs> <laughs> like, if they... It, oh, you my God. One, people, I, the will, fuck I, will email, I will mail them one American dollar each. <laughs> it's a lot of American You're gonna, dollars. I've realized it's going to be a lot of American dollars. You will get one dub coin. It's like Bitcoin, but even more worthless. <laughs> All right. And with that, that is 
all of our awards for the evening. For the so year. So many awards for the year. Oh. Final thoughts? Whew. Final thoughts on the year I'm in general. How do we feel? I'm try to make this as quick as I, I humanly can, but I usually end up rambling. Um, this has been a year of dubs that have shown that English adaptation work and the people who work on English adaptation work are some of the hardest working, totally shit upon people I've, I've ever met. There are, I have seen some of the nastiest things lobbied at these people that English dubs are lazy because they're not dubbing songs or everyone's just trying to copy the old school dubs back in the day. And honestly, what I want to say is this, let the list and how diverse it is, though it may seem like we've given like Akka a ton of awards, let it show how diverse dubbing has become and how amazingly beautiful this art form is. These people do this because they love what they do. They do it, yeah, do they do they do it because they also need a check? Hell yeah. But a lot of them also do it because they love it and we love them and honestly, don't be that asshole to voice actors on the internet and call them lazy or say that their shit's not done because they haven't done it to the way that you expect. At the end of the day, remember this. Anime is not a right. Anime is a privilege. And enjoy that privilege responsibly. Thank you to every single actor, writer, engineer, social media manager, acquisition team, janitor, fucking caterer, dog, cat, bird, fan, and critic out there for making this a really fun, interesting year in dubbing in anime. That's, she pretty much took every word out of my mouth. Basically, it Honestly, says she kind of summed it up. Yes. Yeah. It says a lot about this year in dubs when really there was only one really bad one to speak of that comes to recent memory. Were there some that were not so great or subpar? Perhaps. But for the most part, the work this year, this past year, has just been really astonishing. And it's if it's any sign for what's to come in 2018. Made in the abyss. Made in the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah, I think we could all Princess look... Princess Principal. I think we could all look really look forward to what's to come in in the next over the next year. Honestly, I couldn't agree more as well. This year, this past year has been a roller coaster for the We all community. saw each other in person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, it was a roller coaster That's a for many thing reasons. That happened. That is a fucking yep. thing that happened. Um, yep. We ate pizza and watched a fairy tale movie together. Yes. I almost cri- I cried onto Noah. Yes, you almost tackled Noah. It's <laughs> what you In did a too. Alamo Draft House. I know, but this year, this past year has been amazing in more ways than one, and. In the, in the anime community, I love this community. There are days where I want to, like, kill it with fire um, mm-hmm. for some things, but at the end of the day, it is what you make of it, and the anime community is very strong, very powerful. We are a powerful full force to be reckoned with. And in terms of the dubbing community, it was a strong year last year, I expect a stronger year this year, and I'm looking. Don't fuck it up, Clifford. <laughs> I have high expectations. Don't don't mess this up. No, 
Uh, I trust you. I trust you. Um, but I expect great things this coming year from all There's of these voice actors. There's a lot of crazy shit coming out this year. <laughs> yeah, I expect I, I I expect so many great things from all these voice actors, these directors, these writers, these behind the scenes like engineers, producers, everything involved. I expect great things. I hope for great Except things. Except for you. Fuck you. You know who you are. Please don't do that. Not today. But, um, yeah, this past year has been amazing, and I can't wait to really kick 2018 off. So, mm-hmm. on that note, we thank you very much for joining us tonight for our 2017 Debbie Awards. Uh, if you're interested in anything that the three of us do, uh, you can check Hardy out at, on Twitter at Spaceman Hardy, where he t- goes post goat pics. I, can I haven't speak posted right many now. goat pics lately. I need to get back on my game. I am saddened by this. He also posts food porn, Final Fantasy stuff, uh, yada, yada, yada. Uh, he's also on the Funimation forums as well as the Funimation Discord as a moderator if you want to say hi to him. Megan is on Twitter at QueenEra2, uh, where she shit posts on a regular basis. And um, she's also a moderator on the Funimation Discord if you want to say hi to her. As for me, uh, I, am, I am on Twitter at Lilac Anime Review with review being spelled R-E-V-U-E, where I post about my daily life, mostly complaining about it all the time. But um, yeah, we have a lot of fun. And if you want to follow Dub Talk in general, of course, you if you, the best way to do it is right here on YouTube. You can subscribe to us here uh, and catch new episodes from us every week, sometimes twice in a week, depending on what's going on. Uh, but we have a lot of fun around here. And uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter or social media, as I guess you could say, we have a Twitter account, Instagram account, and a Tumblr account, all at Dub Talk Podcast. So And we will see you in March in Boston. Yep. Some of us will be at Anime Boston in March, at the end of March, so that'll be fun. Um, but on that note, I'm going to have fun editing this one again this year, aren't I? <laughs> Pootie Tang! Pootie Tang! Pootie too I'm good! Look, I'm looking Pootie at the timer. It's, yeah. it's slowly nearing four hours. Pootie don't need no words, don't even need no music. <sighs> Pootie Tang whoop your butt so Dub bad you listeners. can write it off on your tax return. I'm going Dub to Talk listeners, if you've made it this far into the recording in the video, mm-hmm. congratulations. Now you're a member of the super secret Dub Talk Club, where you get full-sized hot dogs. <laughs> <gasps> and full-size Snickers as well. Jesus. Holy shit. Yeah, you get full-size fucking food down here. I mean, you can see the cage that we lock Noah and Andrew in. Um, you can touch Gigi's reverse voice actor harem. I don't know um, how comfortable they will you feel You can watch that, Jet be Jet answer his Curious Cat account. You can touch Hardy's donkey pants. You can. And even better, you can say, I survived the W Awards. 2017. Good night, everybody, and remember, Otaku on, my friends. Pretty time! <laughs> what a time!